From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour. Thank you for waking up early in the morning. As always, uh, because the pace of news is really going at the speed of life, a lot to report. Let's begin with um, President Biden and these classified documents. Do you remember his sanctimonious, just disgraceful comments about President Trump? He, I mean, he said all kinds of things. He said that having classified documents in your possession and them not being secure uh, is the worst national security threat since Pearl Harbor. Now, I think these were in some closet, these classified documents, and there is a big difference. President Trump was the president. Biden was not the president when he took control of classified documents. He had no authority to declassify. Interesting, isn't it? What you don't hear is any DOJ investigation, no knock raids, uh, all kinds of stuff, right? No, none of that. Search all of Biden's many homes and the White House. So you can see Hillary Clinton had a significant number of classified documents, many government documents off of the government server. Nothing happened. Remember, James called me. No, no reasonable prosecutor. He acknowledged she committed crimes. He said it. But he said that no reasonable prosecutor would prosecute. But, of course, that's exactly what they're trying to do with President Trump. They've got this this absolute, I don't want to say killer because that is the wrong connotation, but this relentless man that prosecutes leaders all over the world that they have after Trump. Why don't they put him after Biden? You're never going to hear Merrick Garland come out and say we have an independent counsel. See, they had no conflict. There's no reason for an independent counsel regarding President Trump. That's only if there's a conflict, for example, when Jeff Sessions said he could not investigate something because he had been appointed by President Trump and he and he appointed a, a special counsel. He saw that there was a, a conflict. No one talks about that point either. There shouldn't be a, a special counsel. If there's anything there, the Department of Justice should be doing it. But they want to make it look like they have nothing to do with it. They get the most vicious, uh, relentless person. You would never want this guy on you. Trust me when I tell you that. So now all of a sudden, here's Biden. Six days before the election, they don't come clean. We hear about it well more than a month later. Two months later and a week. They knew about this six days before the November 8th election. 
So isn't that interesting? And you'll see, they'll, they'll go out of their way. Oh, a small number of documents with classified markings. How many classified documents do you think Trump had? They make it look like it was millions. They found the documents in a closet. Wow. Isn't that interesting? He did these interviews and he was so sanctimonious and, oh, my gosh, had so much to say. And then the serious, serious Scott Pelley looking at him. Oh, my God, this is this is terrible. Do you remember me saying that every president has taken documents? Biden wasn't even president and he took some. They've all done it. Under normal circumstances, I wouldn't be calling for Biden to be criminally investigated. Look, you you had these documents and you know it now. Turn them over, which they did. That would always be the end of it. It was never, ever the source of a criminal investigation. Of course, until Trump, where all norms are suspended. Let me tell you something. This is a very big deal. A very big deal. Because you have Merrick Garland appointing a special counsel to go after President Trump on these documents that he had. How do you not do the same with Biden? Wouldn't shouldn't there be an investigation? Why did you take them? Are there any more? Shouldn't the National Archives be flipping its lid and wondering, are there more documents? Remember, they're the ones that went to the FBI, the National Archives over the Trump documents. They were just so concerned. Let me quote President Biden. Quote, how could the, how could that possibly happen? How could anyone be that irresponsible? And I thought what data was in there that would maybe compromise sources and methods. And it's just totally irresponsible. Well, okay. Liar, liar, pants on fire. I mean, does this apply to you? Or is your is your special closet just so super super peachy keen wonderful that not your closet is just the best place some vacant office space had what they call and let me get this straight tssci top secret documents oh but it's just a small number of top secret documents Wow. And then you wonder, does anything happen or is this just allowed to be this way that they're going to come after Trump and they'll just completely let Biden go? Jack Smith, a former U.S. attorney and a former chief to the Department of Justice's public integrity section, was appointed as special counsel to investigate the records that they seized from Mar-a-Lago. 
What about this? Hey, Jack, you busy? You might have to open up another investigation. Trump has said he'll refuse to cooperate with the special counsel's investigation. I don't blame him one bit. The, the agenda is, is abundantly clear. President Trump said, when is the FBI going to raid the many homes of Joe Biden? Perhaps even the White House? Question mark. How about that? He put, quote, these documents were definitely not declassified. You understand, President Trump can simply maintain, and I don't, I don't care what anyone else in the government past or present says. He can just say, I declassified these. So I didn't have classified documents. You can say I had documents, but you can't say I had classified documents if I have declassified them. Oh, well, they didn't go through the usual procedure. Yeah, well, when Bill Clinton pardoned uh, Roger Clinton they, and, and Rich and all those other people, that didn't go through the normal process either. Quote, under the Biden administration, the Department of Justice and National Archives have made compliance with the Presidential Records Act a top priority. This is Congressman James Comer who is the chairman of the House Oversight Committee. We expect the same treatment for President Biden, who has apparently inappropriately maintained classified documents in an insecure setting for several years. Well, it would have to be at least six years. It's from when he was vice president. Of course, unless he stole them while he was president, and stuffed them in the closet, and I'm not of the belief that that is true. I have to say, we we might need to take a look at this uh, Penn Biden Center for diplomacy and global engagement. Been open since about 2018. Maybe there's some interesting documents there that need to be looked at. See, that's the problem with this kind of thing. I say it all the time. When you weaponize and you criminalize things that are not criminal, that are merely administrative, you open a Pandora's box. I mean, I have to say, this is going to be very interesting because I think even the Democrat media is going to get chippy and chatty about this. You can't come out and trash the previous guy When you've done the same thing and actually you've done worse because you were merely the vice president. I think it's a big deal. We'll be back in just a little bit, 17 minutes past the hour. It's going to be wide open forum next hour because Kirk Conover has the day off. Chuck Malamut at 8. Atlantic Prevention Resources, Dr. Bob Zlotnick, and he has an exciting announcement that he'll be making here live on the program today. And if you're a college football fan, congratulations to the University of Georgia on winning their second consecutive college football championship. And I didn't stay up for the game, but when I saw the score, 65-7, to 
I really would have much preferred. I don't know that Michigan, with the way that Georgia played last night, I don't think any team on the planet in college ranks could have defeated Georgia. I mean, TCU is a very good football team. They lost like they were the the JV team. 65-7. to seven. A little bit more about that after the break. News commentary. The Biden administration now admits the Keystone Pipeline would have created thousands of jobs and billions in economic impact. Wow, you don't say. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. It's Jesse Kelly here. I can't afford to lose 30% of my 401k or IRA again, and I'm assuming you can't either. Call Oxford Gold. Securing your IRA or 401k with real gold and silver is a portfolio protection plan, and Oxford Gold has made it easy as one, two, three. One app, one call, and you pick your precious metals. That's it. You now own precious metals. Call Oxford Gold today to learn more about the one, two, three protection plan. 833-404-GOLD. 833-404-GOLD. On his first day in office, President Joe canceled the Keystone Pipeline for no reason beyond a worthless green virtue signal. Now his administration is finally yet quietly admitting how costly that mistake is. In a congressionally mandated report from the Department of Energy, we see that the pipeline would have created up to 59,000 jobs and would have had a positive economic impact of between 3.4 and 9.6 billion. Let's not forget the cancellation of that pipeline put a dent in our energy independence and helped contribute to rising gas prices. This is especially infuriating for me, given that pipeline was set to run through my home state of South Dakota, bolstering the state's economy and providing high-paying and reliable jobs for thousands in and around my state. How does the White House get away with this? Robbing our people of jobs and our nation of billions, all to appease the hippie environmental green hairs? I'm Tommy Laren. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 21 minutes past the hour, so it always it doesn't always work this way. You win a national championship and you decide that you're going to come back. And it can be a disaster. You can get hurt. The team can just have an off season. You don't win again. And then what you did in your junior year, you don't repeat in your senior year. Or if you're lower than that, sophomore, because a lot of players don't even make it um, more than a couple of years anymore. A little bit better with football. Uh, Basketball, it's it's been one year and then you're out in many cases. Uh, I've known of this Stetson, or Stetson rather, Stetson Bennett, the fourth, for a long time. And when you think about it, now a two-time national champion. He's the two-time defending offensive MVP in the national championship game. He has a 29-3 and record for a career as a starting quarterback. Heisman finalist, obviously SEC champion. I guess I shouldn't say that, though, because you, sometimes two SEC teams make it. And one of them lost in the in the championship game. So you don't necessarily have to be the SEC champion. But in this case, they are. Of course, all SEC first team. And I don't know what this means uh, because I have a theory about this kind of stuff. There are players, both in basketball and in college, that are great college players. But it doesn't transfer into being a great professional. Then you see players that weren't as prominent in college and they're terrific 
in the pros. I mean, obviously, if he's, and I think he is going in the NFL draft, he'll be drafted. I'm not 100% sure. I've seen him play maybe four or five times. I'm not sure that he's an automatic pro, but he's certainly a great quarterback. And you just, it, there's certain things you just don't know. Like, for example, I knew that Jalen Hurts was going to be a great NFL quarterback. Maybe not this great, but I knew he was going to be great. He had the build. He just reminded me sort of like a Donovan McNabb. Can throw, can run. I wasn't sure that Tua was going to be a great professional quarterback. And honestly, if I were him, it, it's it's really time, I think, to pack it in. Uh, th- this, this guy's had his egg scrambled too many times already. And he's actually talking about returning. He's still in concussion protocol. He's talking about returning for the playoffs. Now, he... He turned out to be a better NFL quarterback than I thought he would be. But I I, I just don't – I don't like his game. I don't like it. Like if I had the choice between Tua and Hurts, and this is even before this season, I would have taken Hurts. I see more upside with Jalen Hurts than I do with Tua. Hurts is bigger. He can take these hits. Incidentally, he he was he was much more hurt than anyone knew, and he basically completely, utterly gutted out this past Sunday's game. I, I'm really not sure. I mean, the two weeks is going to be huge, but obviously, he took some hits. So he's probably set back in terms of his recovery and throwing and everything that he had to do in in real game speed. I mean, he might not be right until next year. It could be one of those things. Shame, too. I saw the play that it happened. He couldn't slide because he needed the extra yard to get the first down. He went in there full tilt and just got demolished. Everything you don't want to see. Mm. Here's one for you. Coming back to uh, our illustrious president. President Biden is caught on camera and he is all mixed up. He thinks the Salvation Army guy in his Salvation Army uniform that has the S on the, um, the top of the sport coat. And has the um, almost military-looking type uh, bar at the top of the shoulder on each side. A little raised. I think they button on. Military uniform, basically. And Biden believes that the Salvation Army guy is one of his Secret Service agents. I mean, this is seriously, this is how bad this is getting. And once again, I, I don't know why this is allowed, why no one will say anything, 
why we have to pretend that this is normal? I mean, I understand they hate Trump. They hate him. If Trump never existed and if Biden became president, I don't think we would have this kind of coverage, this protection program that we have. This guy has talked to no one and thought that someone was there. I saw him put his hand out into the air. It is it is a textbook symptom of dementia, Alzheimer's. You hallucinate. I don't hold any of this against him. He's not well. And we have a media that's pretending that all is well. Let me tell you, somebody putting their hand out to shake somebody's hand that's not there. That's pretty scary. And all it's going to take, and it's, I, I just don't know how it's not going to happen. All it takes is one catastrophic mistake that cannot be ignored that could cause I don't even know what the example would be. Some kind of international incident. I mean, imagine confusing the Salvation Army guy with your Secret Service agent team. It's not even it does. I mean, come on. It doesn't even look like the same universe. You've seen the Salvation Army uniform. Come on. And yet, try to make somebody care. I remember long ago saying, this was during the campaign, that if he wins, how long can the media ignore that something is wrong? And I remember saying for quite a while, as long as they can, the only thing that will change it, and even that is, is, is um, not guaranteed, But some kind of fatal incident, something so incredibly serious that you have to say, come on, this this can't continue. Give yourself a moment to think about it. If President Trump was in this kind of shape, would he get cover like this? You know the answer to that. You know it all too well. The list is so long. The dead congresswoman that he asked three times to be honored and acknowledged. Shaking the hands of nobody. He does it many times. It's not that's not a one a one off. I mean, many times he walks in the opposite direction. He sees someone and he goes in that direction. Then all of a sudden he has to turn back. He had the bunny rabbit have to save him at Easter. I mean, it just goes on and on. I'll never forget that bunny waving. No, no, no. It was just hysterical. Just unbelievable. Rescued by the Easter bunny. You can't make it up. And it's not funny. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And it's Harry Hurley at 31 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. 
a federal ban on natural gas stoves? Question mark. Read my article. Abuse and sexual exploitation of Atlantic City students has still not been addressed. Read that article. And 10 great golf courses in Atlanta County. We'll be back on the Hurley in the Morning program. From the Towns Quinty Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. We're in a holding pattern today and tomorrow. Call it boring weather if you want. Some clouds, seasonably cool temperatures, light winds, and probably dry weather. We'll start today with sunshine across South Jersey, but clouds will increase as the day goes on. High temperature around 45 degrees. Mostly cloudy and chilly tonight, low 31. Clouds and sun tomorrow, high 43. Next rain chance coming up on Thursday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you to the great one. 35 minutes past the hour. I just found out a few minutes ago that Diamond of Diamond and Silk has passed away at age 51. No cause of death uh, yet revealed. Uh, they had a good thing going. I mentioned to uh, my brother just a couple minutes ago. They had a good thing going, and then they got canceled. I don't remember what they got canceled over, but uh, they did get canceled. And they were pretty um, pretty prominent, very um, vocal President Trump supporters. So, of course, any any mistake you make, you don't even have to make a mistake. You'll get canceled right there. And then, and then their high crime was being African-American and supporting a conservative, a Republican. For some reason, that is – I mean, you think about it. I forget the woman's name, but she's hideous. She's reprehensible. Uh, one of the, the worst members of the House of Representatives in history, uh, she felt that she had the right to come out and trash Byron Donalds. A, a black Republican is somehow – just completely open season to be racially attacked. Whether it's by white elitist snob liberals or African-American Democrats, they are just completely susceptible to being trashed. They get called all kinds of names, totally racist behavior employed against them. With impunity, as usual. I, I'm i not that invested, but I have to say, I've been, I have been keeping abreast on updates involving Anna Walsh. Because I just, you know, when someone disappears, I don't think she disappeared at all. I, I believe she's been murdered and dismembered. So now you have this husband. And by the way, did you see this guy's hair? Oh, my God. It's not it's not his hairline. I'm not I mean, that's you have no control of that. This guy has a hairdo that I can't even explain it. It's like Mo Howard, but cut off above the ear. It puffs out real big. I, 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 I don't even want to get into it because that's immaterial. But this Brian Walsh, something about him. So they know now that he was 
right around the time that she's gone, he is on his computer searching how to dismember a body. Quote, specifically, how, quote, to dispose of a 115-pound woman's body. End quote. Now they have found blood, a knife, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, like $500 plus worth of cleaning supplies. So evidently, Brian Walsh, E at the end of Walsh, Brian Walsh is very clean, it seems. This is just incredible. I heard someone say, well, if he did this, he's not very good at doing it. I mean, the, the, the amount of evidence is just unbelievable. Hold on one second. I have an important communication. Hold on. Uh oh. Okay, well, we'll see. All right. I can't process that right now, but obviously it took my attention from you, and I apologize. But this guy is just, I mean, next level, it seems, beyond, beyond comprehension. And I mean, how? Oh, oh, I left out, and he also purchased a tarp. Now, look, you you use the tarp maybe for leaves, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, that alone isn't isn't that incriminating. But on top of everything else, yeah, I would I would think that 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 pretty much stands out a bit, doesn't it? Quote, his defense team is going to have a difficult time trying to overcome this. It isn't typical for someone to conduct these kinds of searches, specifically when your wife is missing. Two law enforcement sources say that police found Internet records showing that. Oh, oh, and I forgot to mention this to you. He's also a convicted art swindler. Forgot to mention that. He's some uh, Andy Warhol type uh forgeries or something that he sold so he searched how to dismember a body and how quote to dispose of a 115 pound woman's body now i don't know how much his wife weighs but or i I think we have to say weighed because i think she is a a past tense uh situation unfortunately anna anna walsh But if she turns out to be 115 pounds, that um, also would not look too good. Oh, excuse me, uh, Brian, why were you looking up how to dispose of a 115-pound woman's body? How come you were looking up how to dismember a body? Quote, 
Blood was found in the basement area as well as a knife, which also contains some blood. Boy, this guy's just it's ridiculous, actually. Part, quote, of the knife was damaged. Just looks worse and worse. Remember when I said uh, yesterday that he was arrested for misleading the investigators? He failed to mention to them that he had gone to Home Depot on January 2nd in violation of his probation. So you think about it. You're on probation. You're not allowed to do this. But you go out and you buy $450 in cleaning supplies. He was wearing, quote, a black surgical mask and blue surgical gloves, and he paid in cash. He left that out of his interview, and they say there are other inconsistencies in the police interviews. Quote, the intentional, willful, and direct responses to questions about his whereabouts on the days of Sunday, January 1st, 2023, and Monday, January 2nd, 2023, were a clear attempt to mislead and delay investigators, according to the affidavit. The fact that he was asked a specific question and gave an untruthful answer that led investigators out of the area caused a delay in the search for the missing person, Anna Walsh. That's straight from the court document. So there you go. That's the latest. Uh, I, I don't think it's going too far out on a limb to say that uh, Brian Walsh is going down. We'll be back in just a little bit. It's 44 minutes past the hour. Open forum coming up right after the top of the hour break. Kirk Conover has the day off. Chuck Malamut for the 8 o'clock hour. And Atlantic Prevention Resources, Dr. Bob Zlotnick, today in the 9 o'clock hour. We'll be visiting tomorrow in the 7 o'clock hour with former New Jersey Senator Chris Brown. And we have a busy, busy Wednesday coming up as well and Thursday. We'll be out on Friday taking a little bit of time away. We'll be back, but the program's not taking off. The program continues. This is... Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. We're investing. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks. Welcome back. So, if you're Andy Cortman in Brigantine, uh, more vindication for his uh, COVID-19 public position from basically second one twitter has released an email from dr scott gottlieb subject it's now clear hashtag covid19 natural immunity is superior to hashtag vaccine immunity by in all capital letters a lot there's no science justification for hashtag vax proof if a person had prior infection. At CDC director, at POTUS, must follow the science. If no previous infection, question mark, get vaccinated. So there you have it. 
Now, do you remember uh, Dr. Brett Giroux, I think is how it's pronounced? Might even be more exotic than that, the pronunciation. He tweeted this. And it's so it's so obvious that social media now you, you, you have to understand Twitter is exposing all this. You don't think that Facebook did it any differently, do you? Or any of the other social media platforms. So they haven't come clean. Just more evidence to back up how completely dishonest they were. Yesterday was a good day for the new House majority because there was a lot of um, negative media coverage. See, they're going to get negative coverage before they even do something. The media had already decided, oh, they're so dysfunctional, they can't, they can't, um, they won't even be able to vote for their rules. Well, they, they had no problem whatsoever. The rules passed 220 to 213 with just one Republican, Congressman Tony Gonzalez of Texas, voting against it. And the media is not telling you why he voted against it. The only reason he voted against it is he didn't like and thinks it's a terrible idea that one member can stop the whole, you know, the whole works and bring up a motion to take out the speaker. Well, that that was the way it always was. Nancy Pelosi changed it. So that's always been there. But like impeachment, it was rarely used. Then impeachment became weaponized. That was the one downside when Bill Clinton was getting impeached. I thought, you know, I I know everybody, you know, that wants this to happen is happy now, but uh, it's going to make it real easy to use it again and again and again. And look. Trump's been impeached twice, right? Biden's probably going to get impeached. A variety of reasons that you can do that. So this was good news. The House rules um, passed, which means now all the committees can be formed. That's good. And once again, the truth becomes self-evident. You just never know when finally those four stages will be will be crossed. The Washington Post admits that, quote, Russian trolls had little influence on the 2016 election. Now, you know, they and their fellow uh, liberal elite socialist Democrat media friends, they hyped that for years. To make Trump illegitimate or try to make him illegitimate. Now they acknowledge that Russia meddling in the 2016 election was not significant at all. And it had no part in putting Donald Trump in the White House, something that they hyped big time. One of the authors of the study that the Washington Post is using, Josh Tucker, one of the authors said, quote, My personal sense coming out of this is that this got way overhyped. Now we're looking back at data and we can see how concentrated this was in one small portion of the population and how the fact that people who were being exposed to these were really, really likely to vote for Trump. So the whole thing was 
Russia collusion was never real. And anybody that knew about Russia collusion, they basically they were or the allegation of it. They were a Trump supporter already. So there's no there there. How about that? But, you know, the vindication with these socialist Democrats, it's never with the intensity of the allegations. That's that's the uh, the sad thing. Big, bold reporting when they make the allegation and a whisper. A whisper when they make the correction. It's kind of like the Biden administration. We told you this last week. I heard some reporting early this morning on it. We had it last week. Uh, when the Biden administration admitted how much was lost, billions and billions of dollars, and many, many good, quality, high-paying jobs when Joe Biden killed the Keystone XL pipeline. The Biden administration was required by law to file a report about the impact of that. And it like very, very much unlike what they usually do, they actually told the truth here because they lie about everything. Watch when they lie today about classified documents that have been found. But they told the truth. They said how many billions of dollars would have been generated and how many jobs would have been created. How big that would have been. Think about how big that would have been with respect to the energy problems that we're having now and that are being forecasted into into this year i like the 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 whip didn't do a great job tom emmer last week but i like what he had to say on the white house saying that republicans want to defund the military who could possibly believe that that's like joe biden saying that republicans are responsible for the border problems that we've been having. He says that with a straight face. And they actually are saying that Republicans want to defund the military, which is which is preposterous. It's what Democrats do. And again, remember, Saul Alinsky's rule, rules for radicals Everything, it's projection, everything, there was a smart person that is a national figure that said recently, all you have to do to know what the Democrats are up to is just listen to what they are saying about the other side. And what they are saying about the other side is that which they are guilty of. It's. It's that simple. And that is, to quote Joe Biden, that's not hyperbole. That is truth. The Georgia special grand jury has ended its probe of President Trump in the 2020 election. They have no prosecutorial powers. They can only recommend. So now what this does, they will make their recommendation. I'm sure they will recommend that President Trump and others be charged with criminal offenses because that's that's the game. The game is keeping President Trump criminally charged, under investigation, in courtrooms. You're going to see judges. They're going to let cases go. 
that never would be able to proceed. I mean, for example, there's a judge that that is allowing a case to go forward that actually is accusing President Trump of being responsible for someone who died on January 6th. Well, they didn't die on January 6th. They died after January 6th, proving it didn't have anything to do with January January 6th. But a judge has allowed that to go forward. But if you bring up something where you've been damaged by, who knows, pick a Democrat outlet, you're shut down immediately. Because everything right now is weaponized in favor of the Democrats. Final comment about the special grand jury for now. They're done. They haven't revealed their report, but it doesn't matter because I guarantee you, I'll give you a 100% guarantee that the special grand jury has concluded that Trump did something criminal and others close to Trump, and they will be recommended to be prosecuted. And that's where an actual grand jury in Atlanta, or I shouldn't say Atlanta, although it could be Atlanta. Yeah, it is going to be in Atlanta uh, because that's where the special grand jury was as well. They uh, Notice, stuff is always in very Democrat areas, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, this kind of thing. Trump is going to be charged. I keep telling you to be ready for it. Don't be shocked when you hear it. And the special counsel is also going to bring charges. You just have to understand this is all predetermined. It's it's over before it begins. They fake the process as though the process delivered the result, but the result is always predetermined. There's n- I, I want you to have no question about that. That's the game. Trump is guilty. He starts guilty. And then they back their way in to how they can make it happen. That's what's going on. Biden has classified documents. It's not going to be any problem. Trump had classified documents. Criminal problem. This is the game. 609-407-1450 and open phone line on the Hurley in the Morning program. Your calls all this hour. Let's do it. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is five minutes past the hour. Welcome to the Hurley in the Morning program. This is your hour, wide open forum. Let's make it count. Anything that's on your mind, uh, 609-407-1450 phone lines are open. Chuck Malamut joining us after the top of the hour news break uh, for today's eight o'clock hour and Dr. Bob Zlotnick in this morning's nine o'clock hour. Former New Jersey Senator Chris Brown tomorrow for the seven o'clock hour. And then we've got, um, if you know the calendar, we've got a great package deal that is not a coincidence. We do it by design. Forward mortgages with Jim Malamut 
and then reverse mortgages with John Walters. So looking forward to all those important updates. And uh, Thursday, we are jam-packed as well. A lot of open forum, I'm happy to say. We have uh, John Zarek, of course, in the 8 o'clock hour. And for the first half of the 9 o'clock hour, one of my absolute favorites at Deborah Hart and Lung Center, Dr. Rafael Corbusiero, an electrophysiologist. He's in charge of all the devicing. Uh, just a phenomenal person. I've gotten to know him very well over the years. I've been through his entire lab. It's just remarkable. When I first met him decades ago, the size of a pacemaker was like a pack of cigarettes. If you ever knew anyone that had a pacemaker, you would see it sticking, protruding out, you know, above the um, the chest where it would be uh, implanted. Now they are, if I'm not mistaken, the last one I saw and actually had in my hand was about the size, I think, of a quarter or a 50 cent piece, something like that. You don't see them. They're below the skin level, but it's not like before where it would stick up real big. Uh, they last, the batteries last a really long time. They are able to actually remote. It's phenomenal, the technology. They can remote adjust the unit. Just incredible stuff. And uh, he's one of my absolute favorites at DeBoer Heart and Lung Center. Uh, we have a great, great program ready to go uh, with Dr. C, as he is known, Dr. Corbusiero. And a uh, lot to do this week. 609-407-1450, open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Yeah, good morning. I can just imagine the Sleepy Joe and Dr. Jill registered at a posh hotel in, say, Manhattan, and there's the doorman there dressed in his nary jacket and his red turban. Pleasure to meet you, Prime Minister Modi. So how are things going in India? I could picture it. I could just picture it. Well, he could, he could believe anything. For those who don't know where the flash is coming from, we reported about an hour ago, President Biden confused the man in the um, Salvation Army uniform for the Secret Service. Flash, at some point, this matters. It's got to matter. This is no joke. No, it isn't. Um, yeah, the media has stated that the IRS has been significantly underfunded due to Congress curtailing discretionary spending to curb the deficit. That's your your yearly debt as opposed to your national debt, yeah. So the Dems uh, claim that uh, curbing entitlement spending will only benefit those who do not pay their fair share. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll get all 535 members of Congress to start paying their fair share. I know that Nan Nan's no longer the Speaker of the House, <laughs> but, uh, they, you know, Manson's going for about $6 million bucks over there in Pacific Heights. So we'll we'll start with her. Or Maxine Waters with her $4 million mansion. They can downgrade since they care about the public so much. And the whole thing is, is that Biden, Biden's lawyer says, well, you know, he's unlike Trump. He, he, he turned those, uh, and, you know, classified documents in once they were discovered. Discovered by whom? They were on his person. That means somebody out on the outside discovered that he had them. They got discovered six days before the election. Why didn't they come clean then? We find out about it more than what? Two months and four days later. Now, there's nothing honest about this. And, and what's the difference? He had them. Why did he have them? He was not the president. He had no power to declassify them as President Trump did. There needs to be, and I wouldn't say this 
if they didn't make this, you know, the new standard, doesn't there have to be a criminal investigation about this? I would think so. Also, uh, President Trump supposedly has 600 uh, classified documents. How about his royal highness, uh, Barack Obama, with 30 million of them? Nothing to see here and move along. Well, they'll tell you they're not classified, though. That's the difference. Yeah. And they'll say that he went through the um, the National Archives the proper way and, you know, did it the right way because Trump does everything the wrong way. You get it. You know what's up. Well, all I got to say is keep the uh, nuclear codes out of that dude's hands. I mean, our president bumbling, fumbling, whatever you want to call him, president that's in the Oval Office. Thank you. Thank you. How, how would you want anything? Seriously. How would you want anything of a serious nature in his hands he he imagines things not just once this this guy has put his hand out to shake the air and it really looks weird it, it's it almost like a, like i can't explain it but like an i dream of genie episode like he's tony nelson and genie's invisible and he's talking to genie i mean it's serious I'm serious when I say that about a sitcom. That's what it's like. And Dr. Bellows walks in the room and he's talking to nobody. And then he makes an appointment with Major Nelson to come sit down on his couch so that he can talk to him about talking to, uh, you know, imaginary people. I mean, even Tony Nelson had to get got busted by uh, Hayden Rourke, Dr. Bellows. But nobody says anything. Isn't isn't that isn't that serious? You're talking to the the Salvation Army guy as though he's your Secret Service, and there's nothing to see, nothing to see here. Back in just a few minutes, you'll be our next caller on the Hurley in the Morning program. And then you can be after that at 609-407-1450. It's early in the morning. Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. I like the commitments to America. I thought it was a brilliant idea. Kevin McCarthy put it together. Republicans in general have got to, they have to reexamine deeply how they approach elections in the future. Democrats, they're all about ballots. Republicans, they're, they're doing it the old-fashioned way. Let's do rallies. Let's do press avails. Uh, let's uh, kiss babies and go to fairs and taking selfies. The Democrats are not campaigning that way. They're running negative ads, avoiding the press. They don't do town halls. They They then spend the majority of their time and money harvesting ballots legally in most states. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show. My friend had his home stolen. The crime is home title theft. It's real. It's horrendous, but it's real and it's everywhere. 
Now, luckily, this was just a demo, but I saw how criminals all around the world target American homeowners, and that's why I protect my home with Home Title Lock, and you need to as well. And a thief can simply forge your signature on a legal document claiming you sold your home to them. Homeowners insurance and common identity theft programs do not protect you, but Home Title Lock does. So protect yourself just go to their website. It's hometitlelock.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Verify your home's title is still safely in your name. Then just register your address for a free, no obligation home title report for your files. That is a $100 value, absolutely free. That's hometitlelock.com slash Sean, hometitlelock.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 17 minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamut will be making his way to the palatial studios of Hurley in the Morning in just a little bit. We're in wide open forum all this hour. If you're looking for Kirk Conover, he has a day off. Uh, so we'll miss Kirk, but we'll take full advantage and enjoy your participation at 609-407-1450, where we have an open phone line. Dr. Bob Slotnick, who has a major announcement, exciting announcement, coming up in his program in the 9 o'clock hour. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Morning, Harry. It's a great day in Brigantine. Uh <laughs> <laughs> appreciate the uh the shout out i was uh lying in bed with the uh listening on the app uh to the opening monologue i heard most of it uh, yeah it's interesting now uh you know i i i it's i i hate patting myself on the back i don't want to i just you know to me it was just always common sense you know um if we believe that god created all of us we have to believe that God put something in our bodies to enable it to fight off invaders. I mean, what did people do a thousand years ago, 2000 years ago? Uh, there had to be viruses then. Uh, I, w- I was listening to a doctor some time ago on uh, a New York radio station, and he was talking about COVID. And he said, and we know this, COVID is a coronavirus just like the common cold is a coronavirus. And he said that um, that the common cold that we know now may very well have started uh, as deadly as COVID did initially. And over the many centuries, uh, millennia, what happened is it mutated, it mutated, and it continued to weaken and weaken and weaken uh, until the point where the common cold is now basically just a nuisance and he said that the patterns of covid are are are, are similar it, it you know each time it weakens now we know this latest one i forget what it's called it's a bunch of letters and numbers you probably know know what it's called i do but, xbb um, uh, 0.1.5 yeah it sounds like the new uh, infinity yeah but, the, but yeah exactly uh, the x uh, one platform uh, the only difference, though, that I'm concerned about is the other things you're mentioning, like the common cold. And we've talked a lot over the uh, the last two, three years that that it is indeed true. The common cold is a coronavirus. There's never been a cure ever for a coronavirus. The difference with this one, though, Andy, is this was weaponized. This was engineered. And 
it has shown the um, the tendency to get weaker as it's gone along. But this XBB.1.5 uh, appears to be going in the other direction. Uh, not as bad, it appears, as Delta or Alpha before that and then Delta. But I'm only concerned that this was not natural. This was a weapon. Yeah, that that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, I the the thing that um, that uh, I, I wanted to talk about is for people I know who have been vaccinated. I have a friend who had the same experience as you, Harry. Uh, she was vaccinated, and she was a long, long, long time never got COVID. Yep. And then she got it like within the past week, and she told me she's a person who's never sick. I've known this girl. For, oh, more years than I care to uh, remember, like 50 years since high school. And she told me that this thing brought her to her knees. She's really suffering. Now, um, this has been what I have seen. My sister-in-law, the same thing. The people I know who've been vaxxed, who did get COVID, seemed to really be having a hell of a time with this. And you But know, not always, though. Margie and I, we were sick for a couple of days. Bad. I shouldn't say bad, but not it wasn't pleasant. Then not feeling great for about another few days after that. And within eight or nine days, we were walking five miles a day uh, in Disney World. We had already had the trip planned. We were negative by then. And, like, we got right over it. Uh, we, we were pretty fortunate. So it hits different people different ways. Here's the other scary thing. You could have a really easy time with it. One time, it could hit you hard another time. You just don't know with this thing. And I will say this. There is an increase right now in hospitalizations uh, around the country, but in particular in the Northeast uh, and with older people. So whereas the um, Omicron was a pretty mild variant, this, um, what did I say, uh, XBB.1.5 uh appears to be um, more serious than the Omicron, but not more serious than Alpha or Delta. So it's just, it's going to be around forever. We're never going to get rid of it. Harry, yeah. You know, Harry, the thing that always bothered me with this was the fact that it was this one size fits all. And we talked about it yesterday. You know, all of our lives, whenever there was some disease, virus, illness that would, would come up, there would be a number of discoveries of various medications, various treatments to treat this ailment. And the doctors, you know, one one treatment might work for Harry Hurley. It might not work for Andy Cortman. So we tried this different treatment. But for some reason, with this this COVID, it was only this one thing that was going to help you. Anything that proved to have an efficacy, they threw it in the trash. You know, it started with hydroxychloroquine and then the ivermectin and then monoclonal antibodies. They, they just, you know, vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. That's what made me suspicious. You know, in medicine, there is no one size fits all. Like you just said, everybody's different. Why are the members of my family, my brother and sister and myself, we seem to have a natural immunity to this thing and, 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 you know, and other people too. And why were they asking for blood donations from people 
who had COVID, who got over it on their own. Early on in this, they were asking for blood donations. They wanted the antibodies to give to other people. And then they suddenly stopped asking for those antibodies because they worked. They needed something else to be the cure or the treatment, something else that would benefit them. And it was only, 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 only the vaccine. Yeah, I I agree with that almost entirely. One thing, though, in the future, the variants that came later, Omicron, for example, they determined that the monoclonal antibodies were not effective with that. It didn't work, but it worked. uh, And Don P. Hurley will tell you, uh, worked incredibly well. Uh, He had one of the harsh waves. I think he had Delta. Uh, But the monoclonal antibodies that were so effective with Alpha and Delta uh, didn't work with um, Omicron. Yeah. Can I can I get on to Biden for a moment? A couple minutes. Yeah. Are we going to talk about classified documents? (laughs) Because that used to be very serious until now. So remember. You said that they had them since November 2nd, so they had them before the election, right? They had them six days before the election, correct. Since November 2nd, they know they've had them. So um, I I know you'll be the one person who will get this. So why did they hide them? Why didn't they say anything? And now they're coming out with it and admitting it now. Well, Biden, uh, uh, Romney didn't win, did he? No. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know, you know, it's very easy for these people. You know, they you wonder, well, how come they admit to stuff after the fact? Well, because after the fact, by hiding this thing, it accomplished its goal. So they don't care if they admit that they lied because they they got their goal accomplished. And and for people who don't know what I'm talking about, I know you do, Harry, you know, uh, Harry Reid swore in this hollowed ground in the well of the Senate that Mitt Romney didn't pay his taxes in 2012. And he, he, he swore to it and he, he claimed he had, he, he knew firsthand, he had someone who knew a friend, whatever, but he would never identify the friend. Then of course, Obama won. And it was Dana, Dana Lash from uh, CNN was asking Harry Reid later well, you know, don't you feel bad? Don't you have remorse that, you know, you made this up? You didn't tell the truth. And, it, you know, and Reed looked at Lena, uh, Dana Lash and, and he said to her, Romney didn't win, did he? So he, he he had no shame in lying on the Senate floor because the lie helped the Democrats achieve their goal of getting Obama into office. So and and, you know, Jimmy Fallon made a very good point late last night. He was talking about um this this border situation see biden can go to the border now isn't it funny he waited till after the democrat uh, after the midterm election so now the republicans have control of the house we have uh, 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 mccarthy uh, as speaker and now suddenly biden goes to the southern border right and you know, two years from now when he's running and they, they, they'll they never have to ask him, well, why didn't you go to the southern border? All, the answer will be, oh, we already did that. We took care of that. That was a long right. time ago. Right. And isn't, isn't it amazing? They they sanitized uh, El Paso. I can hear the song playing right now, you know, down in West Texas, down in West Texas, a town called El Paso. They sanitized the whole deal. Uh, they showed pictures 
of Wednesday, Thursday, and then boom, when Biden's there, they get rid of all of it. I forget what that's called. What is that called? Like a Potemkin moment or something like that? You just totally fake out. You make it look like it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful situation. There's nothing at all going on there. And the whole thing is a big lie. Well, it's like the it's like the emperor's new clothes. But the the, the the point that Fowler was making is that now Biden can say, well, gee, we want to do something about the border, but we can't because the Republicans control the House. They control the money. They're not giving us the money, blah, 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 blah. See, earlier when they had both houses, uh, Biden could say, well, gee, I want to do something about the border. But if he said that, he would really have to do something about the border because they ran everything. But now that now that the, the, the Republicans control the money, Biden can keep saying, well, I want to do something, but the, the Republicans won't help me. So you can blame Republicans and they're going to try to make you think that everything that's happening at the border is the fault of the Republicans. And he is blaming Republicans in real time. That's exactly what he's saying. It's the Republicans' fault. He acts like he has been doing something and wants to do something. Not that this is his plan. And simultaneously, he's in cahoots with this Hobbs uh, taking down the, uh, the, the, the containers that were blocking the openings in the wall in Arizona. That This is day one stuff, just like when Biden took office. And they dismantle yeah. everything. But see, but Barack Obama used to do the same thing. He used to always pretend that he was just a bystander in events, that he, he was above it and just looking down and, and he had no control. You know, he, he used the term plausible deniability, you know, and, uh, you, you know, uh, but that's what a community organizer does. A community organizer goes into a town starts trouble, gets everybody angry, and, and, and lets them know who they should be angry with, and then leaves town before the violence and the chaos ensues, and he's three states away before that happens. So when the violence and chaos ensues, he could say, well, that has nothing to do with me. I wasn't even there. But that, so he has plausible deniability. That's what this is. This is not Joe Biden. This, this is Joe Biden being handled. So Biden is going to be like he's above it all. He has nothing to do with the problems. It's all Republicans. But, you know, I, I, a friend of mine keeps telling me, you got to hand it to the Democrats. They're, they're brilliant with this stuff. And if the Republicans don't start playing the game, we didn't make the rules and we can't change the rules until we're in power. Well, that's, we that's a, one- Andy, I got to run with this, but you just nailed it. Don Hurley wrote me about five or 10 minutes ago. He said the Republicans that are taking action to eliminate these 87,000 IRS agents, they have to take a page from the um, uh, from the Democrats. Don't call it anything that's accurate. Call it something like the um, uh, I don't know what I don't know what to call it, but say some kind of restoration of people's privacy act. Uh, just say what you want to say. Don't say anything what it really is, because with the Democrats, it's just the opposite. Like inflation reduction meant it increased inflation. Uh, Affordable Care Act meant that health care was going to skyrocket. And it was so bad they made they exempted themselves. So that's what Republicans have to do. It's not the 87,000. It's not the IRS, you know, Protection Act or whatever. 
but call it something super, super positive because it is. Yeah, don't even don't even use the word IRS. It's just, you know, it's like uh, killing babies. That's women's health. Yeah, yeah, know? exactly. Or or get the IRS out of your life act. I mean, maybe maybe own <laughs> own it, you know. But Andy, uh, I love the call. Have a great day. It's 32 minutes past the hour. We've got to jump more of your calls right after this. You'll be next up. And we do have an open phone line at 609-407-1450. If I get any time. In other words, if you're not on the phone lines at some point during this hour, I'm going to give you an update on why there are so many COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations in the Northeast. It is an important conversation. And if time permits, we'll have it right here on the Hurley in the Morning program. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And it's Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Abuse and sexual exploitation of Atlantic City students is still not being addressed. We have the story. Is there actually, I know the effort is in in the works to research it, but is a federal ban on natural gas stoves happening? And also a look at 10 great golf courses in Atlantic County. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. A calm, seasonable forecast for today and tomorrow before our next storm system rolls in on Thursday. Temperatures currently in the 30s, and we're looking at 45 this afternoon, starting bright and sunny, but clouds will increase throughout the day. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 31. Clouds and sun tomorrow, high 43. 55 on Thursday, could be a shower at any time. Steady rain moving in Thursday night. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Democrats predicted in early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. Chuck Malamut will be with us in less than 30 minutes. You can join us right now. We're in wide open form for the remainder of this hour at 609-407-1450. If you slept through it, Georgia, the Bulldogs, defeated TCU 65-7. to An absolute just crushing defeat. I I don't know um, about you. You can leave that game and say, well, we made it to the national championship game. Uh, I think it embarrasses your program. Makes you look like some kind of undeserving participant. I don't know what Michigan would have done last night against Georgia, but I don't think they would have lost 65 to 7. 65 to 7, Georgia's second consecutive college football championship. And uh, that's, well, it's the biggest, it's the biggest margin in the history of college football. And when you make a decision to come back and you feel that there's unfinished business and then you go and you take care of this the way that they did with an undefeated season and winning with that type of absolute mandate. It's pretty rarefied stuff. And does it make Georgia sort of the new Alabama of the SEC? And this coach, whose name escapes me, uh, is he the new Nick Saban? I mean, they 
they took it to everybody. Now, I think they did have a couple of close games during the year, but uh, certainly the championship game wasn't close. And, and in fact, remember, they, they were pretty lucky to even get into the championship game. Think about that. But what will be remembered, though, is 65-7. to 7. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You are on the air. Yeah, good morning, boss. Yeah, you, you hit the nail. You, you hit the nail on the head right there, buddy. Yeah, I'll tell you that. Cool. Uh, now that that looked like uh, Holy Spirit or Atlantic City playing the Ventnor Pirates or Margate Colts. That's what that game looked like. Mm. You know what I mean? That that was just that total domination on offensive, defensive line, everything. But look, my question to you about that is. In a, in a year or so, they're going to expand it to 12 teams. Yeah. The playoffs. Yeah. And you're going to see a lot more of this. You're going to see a lot more of these blowouts, total domination blowouts. You, you can't play with the big boys. I mean, TCU had a great year, and there's no doubt about it. Uh, so did Michigan. But, look, you start playing these SEC teams, LSU, Alabama, uh, uh, Georgia. Come on, man. If they go to 12 games, you're going to see a lot more of what you saw last night, and I turned it off. I well, I, I mean, that you don't want that, but at the same time, they've come to the conclusion that some teams that are worthy get left out. I like, I like the expansion because my feeling is there are times where any team in the top 8, 10, 12 could win on any given day, and if only four even have the chance – I like a tournament. I mean, that would you look at uh, March Madness is fantastic, and look, Georgia almost lost a couple of weeks ago. They they got lucky to win that game, so they could have been beat as well. I like what they're doing. I've been calling for it for years. Well, I agree with you on that point, but you know, everybody needs it. You know, you should give them a chance. But what do you think the ratings were on that game last night? How many people turned that game off at halftime? Uh, probably a lot of people. Probably a lot of people did. You know, the, the the hardcore college fans stayed with it. Georgia stayed with it because you're just going crazy. You know, when you're you know this when you're uh, when that's your team and you don't even have to worry. You're just wondering, like, hey, how much are we going to win by? It's now not even a, a, a you're not we're not even scared now. Could we lose? How much are we going to win by? And they scored again. They scored again. They scored again. Uh, Sixty-five to seven. The, this uh, Stetson Bennett, the fourth, his college career is up there with the greatest of all time. Twenty-nine and three as a starting quarterback. Didn't get the Heisman, but he's a Heisman finalist. SEC champion, All SEC uh, selection, two-time national champion, two-time offensive MVP in the championship game. Uh, what? Here's the question though that I posed hours ago: Does this transfer into a great pro career? Is he built like a pro quarterback? Can he play at that next level? Uh, you know what I'm talking about. There are people that are fantastic. At the college level, but they they don't have it to make it at the next level. We've seen it time and time again. What are your thoughts about Stetson Bennett? Is he is he a pro quarterback? Well, I'm hearing from some people that uh, 
he's five nine or five eleven, one hundred ninety pounds. Okay, and nobody's projecting him ahead of the, uh, ahead of a fifth round pick, Harry, right now in the pros. Well, see, he's not no, built. He's not built like a big. You know that that right now in the NFL, they want big quarterbacks. People the size of Drew Brees and that type of size wouldn't even get a second look right now. You never know, though, because small quarterbacks have been able to play. Fran Tarkenton, there, there are quarterbacks over time, uh, Doug Flutie, and, and you can name others that weren't all that big. But the big quarterbacks are what they want now. Yeah, they got. it's just the league got so fast and they're so violent on defense. But he, 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 uh, I think he ran like a four six forty, which, you know, a lot of, a lot of these scouts don't like. I mean, you're, you're not the kid from Arizona who ran a four two nine forty, uh, and he's little, but, I but mean, see that you raise a good point, Matt. If you're going to be a smaller quarterback, you need to be really fast, like a Michael Vick. Charlie Kane and I, um, we were, we were with Michael Vick. And I'm telling you, he, he's not, he was, I, I'm not tall. You know me. He's not much bigger than me, but he was fast and he was a great quarterback. I liked Michael Vick as a quarterback. I thought he was a winner. Uh, you don't get the longevity when you're the smaller quarterback because you have to run and you take the beating and all of that. But that's the kind of quarterback, if you're going to be smaller, you've got to be really fast. Well, look at your quarterback, Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's a little bit bigger, but, I mean, look well, at his elusiveness. Well, he's the, he's the prototype right now. He's a big quarterback, big body, and he's fast. And, yes, he's very elusive. Uh, so he's a big he's a big advantage. Uh, that's what I was saying when I was doing my monologue. I don't know that Stetson Bennett has an NFL career ahead of him. He may go down as just a great college quarterback that within a great system was was able to win almost every time that he took the field. 29 out of what? 32 times in the regular season. Maybe that includes all games, actually. But uh, I don't think it transfers into, into the NFL. Harry, look at Tebow. Tebow was a great college quarterback. And look what happened to him in the pros. Yeah, but don't forget, though, Tebow is a political um, victim. You know, when he prayed, he got fired. They pray now, and it's all good again. Uh, Tebow, Tebow became the player that nobody would hire because the media tortures the team. He got screwed out of his career. Don't forget he became the starting quarterback. I forget what team it was. Um, what was the last team he played for? And he he won he like Denver. That's correct, Denver. He won four or five straight and won a playoff game and didn't have a job the next right. year. Who does that happen to? It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, he was retaliated against. Matt, I'm going to break. Have a great day, my friend. Forty six minutes past the hour. It's the Hurley in the morning program. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. 
Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Download the Hurley in the Morning podcast. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app. A free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. Thank you. Ten minutes before the top of the hour. All right, so the ad firm of... uh, whichever way you want to call it, Hurley and Cortman, Cortman and Hurley, we've come up with the following. Andy came up with the IRS Fair Share Act. I like that. Uh, that's what Republicans have to start doing, getting rid of 87,000 agents that I promise you were all coming after lower and middle class Americans. There was a story that I read the other day that I just didn't get a chance to share with you that the IRS, that's who they've been coming after even before they would get 87,000 more people. So I like that, Andy, the IRS Fair Share Act. I wrote him back with the Seals and Crofts song, My Fair Share, as the theme song from the movie One-on-One with Robbie Benson. Uh, a great song, incidentally. Truly great song. Seals and Crofts, one of my favorite groups of all time. Love the sound. Just so, I think we're we're similar like this. There's certain things that just certain artists' tonal qualities are just so pleasant to the ear. For example, Chicago, whether it was Peter Cetera. I like the ballads more than than anything. Peter Cetera, Jason Sheff, uh, for a little while, Jeff Coffey, and now D- Neil Donnell. You know, Jason Sheff was the, uh, the lead singer, and he also played um, – bass guitar for 30 more a little more than 30 years and when they got when they got finally got into the rock and roll hall of fame because john winter was keeping them out and the fans voted them in they should have been in decades ago i mean they've had a number one song in something like seven straight decades it's unbelievable it will probably never happen again can't happen again we live in a throwaway society now. Nothing. I'm telling you, you're, you're not going to see things like 30 year talk show hosts. Nothing. This country is so broken right now that it doesn't have an attention span of five minutes. Who's that for 30 years? Uh, what? What? No, that's not allowed. It's all broken. But um, Chicago, Paul McCartney, Beatles, uh, Seals and Crofts. England, Dan and John Ford Coley, Olivia Newton-John, Celine Dion. I love Donnie and Marie. Um, Karen Carpenter, of course. Richard, not so much. He, he, you almost have to tolerate him in the harmonies because he's just, he can't sing. But he's a genius and he can play and he can write. He's a great, he's a great musician, just not a great vocalist. She was not even of this world, the tonal quality and her voice. So there, and I tell you, usually, and unfortunately, because of all the writing that we do now, uh, I don't get to have this daily concert the way that I used to, but I still try to squeeze in 20 to 30 minutes if I can, right before airtime. I play Paul McCartney. I played Paul McCartney with a song from the movie The Glass House, uh, I just love the song. It's just so pleasant. 
to my ear. And that's that's the kind of thing that I like. I like, um, and I mentioned Seals and Cross. That 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 song, My Fair Share, is is beautiful. It's fantastic. The tonal quality of it is amazing. And that is uh, so. Andy came up with the My Fair Share Act, or the IRS Fair Share Act. I came up with the theme song, and that's they ought to run that. They ought to run a commercial with that. With that song playing in the background, the IRS Fair Share Act, Republicans need help just with messaging. Now, in fairness, it's very hard, other than Fox News, Talk Radio, Newsmax, few other outlets, it's hard for them. They're not going, the, the Democrat media. I mean, for example, let me let me share with you. Ah, Andy says it does. He doesn't cross one of his favorites. It's... Uh, it's it's always the way. We have a similar. I mean, he. I know his ear, and he knows mine. Um, but let me share this with you real quick because it is important, and I think it's an okie doke to quote my former boss Nick Ribas, who may have gotten it from Donald Trump for all I know, but I got it from Nick. Okie doke. Okie doke is a trick. It's when you want to make something something it's not. It's what the Democrats are today. They're an okey-doke, one after the other. So you're going to see, and oh, it's to make it look so fair. Trump has this killer uh, prosecutor after him, this guy who never fails to get his man. Biden, the headlines will read, Department of Justice taps Trump-appointed attorney. Now that's to make it look like, oh, man, they're really fair. Trump's got a special counsel, but look, they found classified documents that Joe Biden had that he shouldn't have. So we got to go investigate that. Hi, I'm Merrick Garland. I got I'm, I'm so even handed. So, look, I don't know anything about John Lausch, the U.S. attorney for the Northern District of Illinois. I know nothing about him other than he was appointed by President Trump in November of 2017. I'm going to say this much. They must know that John Lausch is not someone that is going to go after um, Joe Biden. I just I just have to believe that this is such a corrupt administration that I just don't see them doing something even handed. But doesn't it look great, though? A Trump appointed attorney is investigating Joe Biden. It doesn't get any fairer than that. That's why I keep telling you, get ready. I still think it's got a shot of happening. That Hunter Biden will be they won't even they won't even charge him. They'll announce that he's pled guilty to these things. And in the agreement is going to be all kinds of amazing things, such as he can't be charged with anything else. This is all wrapped up into one thing. And then it's look like, oh, my God, this is such an honest this. We never had anything like this, this honest. The president's son And then, of course, the president is going to pardon his son, which I will not hold against him because I think any father would pardon their their child. So I have no problem with that. You got the power to do it. You do it for strangers. You're going to do it for your own son. I will I will never criticize that. In fact, I have long predicted that that's what's going to happen. And, And really, they should have done it before now. They should have done it before Republicans took over. 
But they got it worked out, though. There's a special counsel now, and then they can say, oh, we can't turn stuff over because it interferes. And then they have this Delaware prosecutor for three years. And look, we kept them over. We held them over. We're not hiding anything. Uh, but we can't give you what you want. We really want to be cooperative. But there's an investigation already going on. You you can write this stuff. You know what's going to happen. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Okay, why don't we try the Democrats' play a little more. Um, remember the old uh, don't say gay? I think it was in Florida and no one ever said that. How about um, don't say taxes? Use like uh, fruity little comments like on your electric bill. Uh, it's societal benefit charge. It's not a tax. Thank you, Harry. <laughs> Societal benefits charge. It's not a tax. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. Please, if you get a moment, you have to see the article that I've written about a federal agency that is investigating gas stoves about pollution and actually not ruling out Richard Trumka Jr., it's not the Richard Trumka that was the um, the union head for so many years. I don't know if he's related, son, or related, but it's not him. Now, this I know. Most professional cooks and most home aficionados, you ask anybody that can cook, like a Mark Giantonio uh, or my son, they, they prefer natural, or my sister, they prefer natural gas or my mother for that matter, my late great mom. They prefer natural gas over electric. Natural gas, evidently I'm not a cook and I'm not very good at it, even as a casual cook. I, I can I can burn, you know, as good as the next one, but I'm not very good. Margie's excellent. So they prefer natural gas because evidently it cooks more evenly. So they're actually talking about, and they cite the World Health Organization and, of course, all the usual suspects. They're talking about banning gas stoves in America. Yes, it's true. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Chuck Mallam. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. Welcome back. It's five minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamut is here. Chuck Malamut is the official an exclusive financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program. And this program is presented by Chuck Malamut, a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley. The information, views, and opinions expressed are those of Chuck Malamut and do not necessarily reflect those of Morgan Stanley or its affiliates. They are current as of the date of this broadcast and are subject to change without notice. Neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed herein constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. This presentation is for informational purposes only. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, member SIPC. Chuck Malamut, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Harry. I haven't seen you in a while. You See, were... I know. You, well, you were traveling. <laughs> I've been look, here. You still look great. Oh, thank you. I got my hair cut. I did, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, look, look at you. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, 
Harry, I think when we left last time, maybe I think it was the show, the last show we did or the show prior to was um, – I think you probably put the word sour and dour. Yes. I think those were the words you kind of put onto, onto um, where we were in the world. And uh, so when, let me, let's, maybe why don't we do this for a second? We'll do a quick, very, very quick uh, review of 2022 since it is in the books. And I think we'd all kind of like to forget about it. And then we'll move on to what's happened of late. Um, and then some talking points thereafter, if that's okay with you. It's uh, very okay with me. All right. So fourth quarter, S&P was actually up 7.5%, still down 18% plus for the year. Worst year, Harry, since 2008, no which surprise. was the, uh, this, you know, the beginning of the financial crisis. Uh, a sharp reversal, what we saw in the prior year, 2021, uh, the S&P was up almost 27%. You know, there's 11 sectors in the S&P 500, Harry. Only two were positive for the year. Energy, clearly the winner. We've talked about it, it seems, every week, up 65%. And it was a big gap between the number one energy and the number two best-performing sector or only other positive sector, which was utilities, up about 1.57%. Communications uh, sector, uh, consumer discretionary, technology again the worst performers and this is something we've talked about each and every week down anywhere from uh, 28 to almost 40 percent the nasdaq with the you know the big overweight in technology harry was down about 33 percent tesla you know one of the key components down 65 percent um amazon down 50 percent uh, Meta or Facebook down about 65% as well. And it was all a result of these rising interest rates. And we'll, we'll talk about that, it, and, you know, in a few minutes as well. On the flip side, you know, bonds typically do well when equities do not. And, and unfortunately, that was not the case last year. Uh, the the um, According to Bloomberg, the U.S. aggregate bond index was down about 13%. So imagine buying a bond... You know, with a two, three, four percent coupon, Harry, in your prince in the beginning of January of 2022, and your principal is down 13 percent. It's going to take a long time you know, to get that get that principal back. Uh, so, as as a result of that, you know, the Fed has been on this course, the relentless with respect to increasing interest rates. Uh, you know, and they're and, and I don't I don't think the only thing getting the only thing that they're focused on right now, Harry, is getting inflation down. I think. You know, at all costs, they they have made it abundantly clear that they don't care if we end up in a recession. Now, unfortunately, the Fed does not have a good track record. Remember the word, and you're on this, and I'll give you, I'll compliment you to them. You know, each and every day until until the very end of time. Thank you. When I said the word transitory, and you and Kirk kind of laughed at me, and you said that's you take that word out of your dictionary, Chuck, because it's not transitory. And it wasn't transitory because we're living through it, you know, right now, each and every day. So as we head into this year, you know, all eyes on the Fed, um, you know, when they might pause, will they pause, will they pivot, uh, you know, from these aggressive uh, raising interest rates. So that's kind of where we ended, you know, 2023. I mean, it was it was good that the fourth quarter 
was positive, but we had a lot of ground, you know, a lot of ground to make up. And, you know, we it, we were making progress. And then as we got into December, that was that was nice, not the case. And, you know, so now we have this this churn every day, it seems like, and this tremendous volatility within the marketplace. But if you take a look at last week in particular, you know, during the first trading week of 2023, um, you know, as it turned out, you know, at, at particularly at the end on Friday, and we'll chat about this as well, it, it seems as if, you know, the, the buyer strike was ending and, and the and equity markets had a very good week. I mean, technology was up almost 1% for the week. S&P was up about 1.5%. The 10-year Treasury, and this is something we look at, that was down about 30 basis points. Um, and there's a, a lot of reasons for that. And... Um, so maybe I don't I don't know Harry if we're you know if we're if we're, we're getting to the end of it because our chief economist strategist Mike Wilson you know well known uh, highly accredited he's you know he's of the opinion that we that these companies really need to ratchet down their earnings forecasts as they get into 2023. <clears throat> has he announced his crystal ball for 2023? He has. I mean, but you know the, the what happens with these strategists, Harry. You know, their their bands are so wide between, you know, in this case, a bear case, a bull case and a base case. So and and not being critical, but you're going to get it right because the bands are so wide. Got it. I, I mean, I think we're going to go through this churn for a while where you have a fair amount of volatility each and every day. You know, and last year, you know, we had a lot of days yeah. where we were, you know, uh, either up or down one percent. But. Look, the is the re- general consensus that 2023 is not going to be a very good 2023, year? 2023, as we start the year, is going to be all the strategy seems to be very, very challenging. Um, then as we get into the latter, you know, the second half of the year, the projections are the indications that the Fed's going to stop and that things will get better. But, Harry, look, if they were all, you know, everybody's on the same side of the boat right now. And I think that's something that you need to be, be you know, a little bit worried about because everybody's not going to be right because somebody has to be on the other, other side of that trade. Now, CPI comes this week. That doesn't seem to be much of a discussion item uh, as, we, as we, you know, moved in from, from prior months. Bank earnings, uh, earnings start this week. They start on Friday. And a lot of the big, the big banks – Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, Citigroup—they're the the first to report, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna. The market will take its tone from those reports, not so much fourth quarter, but more importantly, where do we go in the in Q one and thereafter in two thousand and twenty three. Chuck, awesome beginning. We're going to be right back. And I just mean your analysis, not all the news is awesome. Uh, we'll be right back. Don't go away. More with Chuck Malamut. A reminder, for all of your financial planning needs, turn to the official financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program. Chuck Malamut and his team, 609-383-2010. That's 609-383-2010. And tell Chuck that I sent you Hurley in the Morning. With Chuck Malamut, this is... Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks. Welcome back. 18 minutes past the hour. We continue 
with Chuck Malamut all about your financial matters. So the U.S. labor market, Chuck, we, we have to, I mean, concede. It seems like month after month, even when there's a forecast that it will not be robust, it's been meeting or exceeding expectations. So, Harry, the Fed, the Fed desperately wants to uh, have people out of work. There, there's, there's no doubt about it. That's, that's part of their formula is to get, inf- is to get you know, inflation down. And when you, you know, initially when you hear when you heard the report, you're saying, "Oh my goodness, this is going to be a really, really tough day on Friday because the the employment report when they, the first thing they, the first number they come with is okay, you know, how many people are are you know not working, so to speak, and as it turns out, the unemployment rate, you know, actually moved from three point seven to three point five percent. And and then you say to yourself, okay, the Fed is not going to be happy with this because they want this to go the other way. Um, the, the economy added, you know, two hundred twenty three thousand jobs, Harry. That was higher than expected. But, and I'll use the word but, capital B, capital U, capital T. There were downward revisions, uh, you know, for the prior two months to offset the upside surprise. So it wasn't so bad, and I think. The market rallied as hard and fast as it did because the labor force participation rate decreased from 62.3 to 62.1. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it's what it's music to the Fed's ears. Mm-hmm. And the smaller gain in average hourly earnings, that, you know, was that was the big component, Harry, as well, because you know, it was revised from 4.6, uh, from 4.8 to 4.6% during the month of November. So with that being said, you know, job openings remain somewhat elevated. Um, and the Fed's going to be, you know, be somewhat hawkish, you know, along the way, because every Fed governor is saying rates are higher, rates are higher, rates are higher. But Harry, the Fed has been wrong all along the way. Well, I can't remember the last time they were actually correct. I know. In calling, you know, the direction of because what's going to happen, they're going to get backed up. And, you know, you're seeing all these layoffs, especially in these mega cap tech companies. That's the start where this is, you know, rolling over. You're seeing layoffs in, in our world in the financial services industry as well. Uh, you know, true. You know, a lot of the jobs shifted to services. Harry, you know, you know, uh, work in a hotel, a casino. Uh, that's and 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 those jobs are obviously, for the most part, lower paying jobs than what you're finding in these manufacturing and technology sectors. Think about organiz- I, I was going to say organizations, companies that had either entire divisions or or even were standalone, and all they specialized in was mortgage refinancing for example that's basically that's not existent right now it's down 80 to 90 percent uh rates and we'll talk about this as we get into our discussion today rates have moved up dramatically you know year over year we haven't seen these these kind of rates you know ever and no not ever we've we haven't seen these kind of rate increases ever but you know, the other thing that the Fed did, they released their, um, you know, their most recent meeting minutes. And, uh, you know, for, for many, many months, the markets have taken every grain 
of moderating inflation as a sign that the Fed's going to halt, you know, this path that they're on with respect to these these rate hikes. Is there a belief, though, that at least it will be 25 basis points and not 50 or 75 like it had been before? The indications are more in the 25 basis point. So if they do that, would that be like um, evidentiary that they're into the business of tapering? I don't think they're in the business of tapering right now. Okay. I think they've made it. Sorry to I hear think that. they've made it clearly evident that nothing is going to get in their way to get inflation down. Is it and, working? Well, I think it is working. I mean, it's because, coming down a little bit well, at a time. CPI is coming down, but you know, look, we have talked about this. I don't know how many times, and I think we're all of the opinion that we are in a recession. Um, I'm not sure, and I think you said it well, that you really don't know you're in recession until you're out of the recession. But it seems as if, you know, it's, it's getting very, very tough to get money. You can't, you can borrow money, uh, but you have to have pristine credit. And the rates are significantly higher than they were just six months ago. And that all to itself is going to slow things down. You know, you're saying, all right, well, look, maybe I'll, I'm thinking about buying a new vehicle. You know, do I buy it? Do I lease it? You know, what's the best road, you know, to take with respect or to financing? Or maybe keep what you have. Or, you know, it, it, do I really need that vehicle right now? You know, vehicles are starting to show up at, at the lots. Uh, you know, certainly not where they where we are used to, but a lot of consumers are saying, well, you know something? I'm going to shelve that right now. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to – I can't sell my house because where am I going to go and how am I going to pay for it because rates are up substantially. Jim is going to talk about it tomorrow, but are you familiar what the mortgage rates are right now? It's north of six on a 30-year. Now, did they get to seven and they're back down to six? They got close to seven. I mean, it might have been there for a day or two, but they've backed off a little bit. But, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, you know, think about, you know, your lifetime of owning homes. Uh, six is really not that bad, but when I worked for you and I was a young junior executive, barely Margie and I bought our first new home with AAA credit and our mortgage rate was in the 16 and a half to 17% range. You know, you buy and a car then was like over 21%. You know, I heard this from a very good friend and I, and I think about this a lot, you know, Harry, you buy your home. But you rent your mortgage. Yeah, you're not tied to your to your rates. So if you so if you can find better alternatives, you know that's why you you know you're renting your mortgage. I mean, obviously the in, well well listen under your tutelage when we got the Ponderosa we were at eight percent, but I wasn't worried about it because we knew we were staying put for a long time. This was our forever home, if you can use that term, and we've proven it so far. It's almost thirty years. And we were able to lower that from eight to six, from six to four, and probably should have done it one more time. You had, yeah, you probably had one other opportunity. Yeah. But I mean, think about if you were in that three or four range, uh, and you uh, you are in a fixed rate, you know, where where are you going? Going you know, nowhere. Where, where are you going? It's like when I had my car with Charlie, one point nine nine percent. It's free money. What would that be today? Uh, new vehicles, depending upon, I think the, the the manufacturer, probably four to six, maybe four to seven, all depending. 
uh, credit, obviously. With preferred credit, correct? Yeah, I mean, if you have bad credit, you're... I mean, that was 1.99. That was real, free money. You're really in trouble. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's... So I, see, I think, Harry, you're seeing that wherever you go. It just it just doesn't matter. Do you see it come roaring back to where rates will drop precipitously when the Fed gets done with this program that they're on? They're going to have to. I mean, because they, what's going to happen? I mean, they're going to get they're going to get the economy to the point where you. I think, Harry, you're going to be in a in a quote unquote true recession. Uh, the markets do not like that. People are going to be out of work. Uh, they're not going to be able to, you know, regain employment. If they do, they're not the employment that they, they're, you know, whatever they're going to be doing for the most part, they're not going to receive the kind of wages that they had received previously. And I think, remember, we always talked about the quiet quitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's, you can probably <laughs> can forget about that. And I'm going to work this hybrid model. I'm going to work from home. I think that's you're going to probably toss that out. Do you see how these companies, Disney and some of the others, they're, and, and the New York Times even, they've been ordering people to come back to work. Well, like you got to go back to work. <laughs> the remote thing is is over. I mean, coronaviruses are here for a lifetime. I mean, we've we've got a you know country to run. I mean, so there are people they don't want to they don't want to work. For those who forget the quiet quit, the quiet quit, Chuck amuses me to my funny bone. Because it's everything we're not about. We worked hard since we were kids, always had a job, summertime had a job, right to like the last day before school, deliver newspapers before school. You were in the newspaper business. I, I won't go there. Um, but the point I'm making is the quiet quit was how little work could you get away with doing and not get fired? What a creepy existence. Yeah, it's certainly it's terrible. Uh, Certainly not the way to motivate yourself or your, you know, the people that work around you. It's awful. Yeah, and I I think you know we're we're seeing it pretty much you know across a a lot of industries. I mean, you need to get back to the office. I mean, the office is there for a reason. You collaborate, idea sharing. I mean, you can't work. You know, you know, you know, by yourself. You know, on a team. And not have that interaction. It just doesn't. It, it. I mean, it was. It worked during COVID, but COVID, I think, is in the rearview mirror. Harry, let me ask you a question before we go to the break, which we're due, but we can we can wait a minute or so. Uh, you're one of the hardest working people that I've ever known. You could, you can achieve at home. You could achieve in Las Vegas. You, it doesn't matter where you are. You can achieve. But did you notice that? Even you and your hardworking team, it's much more effective when you're together. Oh, Harry, it is by far. I mean, you know. You can do Zoom and you can do phone calls and you can give assignments and you can do email. But there is something about the collegiality of being with your team. There, there's a lot to be said when the five of us are together. Uh, you know, we're, we we have the idea, you know, exchanges, um, the sharing you know the collaboration who's doing what when they're doing it uh it's just so and i think anyone that worked home it's so challenging you know when you're all in different different locations and i think that's what a lot of these companies you know have come to recognize and i think they would put the hammer down even more harry but you know there's still a lot of job openings but i i think i think you know remember you always say that 
you know, is it in the employee's favor, the employer's favor? I think, I think it's employer's pendul- favor right now. The pendulum is swung. Yeah. And I think it's the employer, you know, I do too. basically saying, hey, look, here's what we're doing. And Employee, if- employers put up with a lot well, they, over the past yeah, couple of years. Look, COVID was, look, COVID was tough. I mean, for, for everyone. I mean, I go back and look at, you know, how we ran our little organization. And I look at how Morgan Stanley ran the large organization. Uh, and it was amazing, you know, what we were all able to get accomplished. And, and uh, you know, uh, kudos to our technology area because they stepped up to the plate very quickly and efficiently. And it was, I mean, Harry, it was hell. It was, yeah. you know, in a big way. I mean, I think everybody really, I mean, you're thinking about, am I going to get sick? To what degree people are, you know, uh, you know, they're dying around me. I mean, that's all you're hearing about. Uh, but the economy kept roaring, kept moving. And we did. We lived through something terrible, unprecedented. Yeah, I mean, uh, it'll be interesting, you know, in history if we go back. You know, we kind of fast forward a hundred years and they well, we'll talk be like, about what's going to happen. What happened you, with COVID? I'll tell you what we'll be like. We're going to be like how they report about 1908, the pandemic of that of that era. This was our era's one in one hundred year type of pandemics. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, break time. We'll be right back. He is Chuck Malamut. You can reach the Malamut Group at 609-383-2010. 609-383-2010. With Chuck Malamut, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, all because of you. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Still me, 32 minutes past the hour, Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Abuse and sexual exploitation of Atlantic City students is not being addressed. That's straight from a board member. We have the story. Could there be in our offering a federal ban on Chuck Malamut's natural gas stove in his um, in his mansion? It's it's not a joke. They're actually talking about it. And we review 10 great golf courses. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. We're in a holding pattern today and tomorrow. Call it boring weather if you want. Some clouds, seasonably cool temperatures, light winds, and probably dry weather. We'll start today with sunshine across South Jersey, but clouds will increase as the day goes on. High temperature around 45 degrees. Mostly cloudy and chilly tonight, low 31. Clouds and sun tomorrow, high 43. Next rain chance coming up on Thursday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. I studied Spanish in college and never got calm. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. It's 35 minutes past the hour. It's Chuck Malamut presenting a very important listenable discussion all about your financial matters. Chuck, time is yours. Harry, we kind of teased this CPI in the beginning of our discussion today, December CPI. So the Bureau of Labor Statistics will report CPI for December on Thursday. Um, on average, the economists are predicting no change in the index for the last month of 2022. That would mean 6.6% year-over-year increase. 
after a 7.1% you know, increase in November. And this is always, I know you find this rather comical at times. You know, core CPI, which excludes food and energy, expected to have increased by about three-tenths of 1% in December for a one-year gain of about 5.7%. And that would be down, Harry, from the 6% annual rate of growth that we saw through November. So we're seeing, you know, we're seeing the the tools that the Fed is using, uh, a.k.a. higher interest rates, and that's driving down, you know, that is driving down CPI. But remember, their target, Harry, is 2%. Um, you know, we always talked about this, you know, as we got into this middle towards the late part of last year. It's pretty easy to get. We thought it would get easy to get to, you know, four, four and a half. You know, there's going to be a fair amount of pain on, you know, on on the street, so to speak, getting from that four, four and a half to if they can get the two. Now, I don't know if, if that two is a reasonable number or not or that needs to be adjusted, but. How does that happen? It happens, unfortunately, with loss of jobs at the end of the day. Wow. And that's the pain that uh, the Fed believes is required in order to bring down inflation is to put the economy through great pain. You know, it's a shame. I mean, there's no way to change it now. The die is cast. But wouldn't it have been much better to have been more strategic and and actually help a soft landing Instead of a crash landing, this well, look, you know, th- think about it. You know, for, it just, I mean, they just, bought treasuries forever, and they, they you know, they, they did that way too yeah. long. Okay, uh, QE. It's now QT. Yeah. You know, buying back ninety five billion a month. So that in, into it, that all to itself, you know, is is pushing rates higher, and that actually created the inverted yield curve because of what they did. It, it, that was one of the reasons for the inversion, and you know, the you know. We, the money was out. See how smart you've we, made me, yeah. Chuck? You're making me smart. <laughs> Thank, Go you, ahead. Harry. Thank you. Way, way too many, you know, uh, going, you know, and giving this free money out for, you know, for all the wrong reasons. And we got on the sugar high, and now you're going to, you know, now you're going to have to pull it, you're pulling it back. And it's a very, very tough medicine that, we're, that we all are taking each and every day. And, you know, it's, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback. I mean, I would have, you know, the first, you know, uh, release of funds, you know, during COVID, I think made a lot of sense, Harry, where, you know, unemployment went to 20%. You know, you didn't, you know, you weren't working, you couldn't work, everything was closed. I, I get it. I mean, it, I think we all get it. But I think these, you know, multiple round two, round three, round four, I mean, you get to the point where we, you know, we had gave out so much money, mm-hmm. and now we're paying for it. Yeah, big time, which we predicted. And I, and I don't, and and the Fed sugar, sugar high. And the Fed was way too late in coming to the game, and and putting the brakes on. Do you remember? I know you do. <laughs> we we lived it. And we talked about it every every week, and you did updates. It was so um, emergent that we did special appearances with chuck at that time during the financial meltdown when um they were all ordered to take money even if they didn't want it they were ordered to take it and i do remind everyone i said it then and it came true they paid everything back when does the government ever get paid back they paid everything back 
ahead of time. So really, it was really responsible, and they're used to being responsible. So they knew, you know, there was no way they were going to not pay it back. But that was like, wasn't it like 400 and some billion dollars? And that seemed like the end of the world, the biggest ticket of all time. Now they, they've done five trillion in the last two years. You know, the handcuffs that were put on these the financials companies, um, you know, were extraordinary. Uh, you, you know, and and. and I think it was Paulson that ran these meetings in Washington. This is after the the collapse of, you know, Bear Stearns, followed by Lehman Brothers, and then uh, Merrill Lynch being absorbed by uh, Bank of America. America. I mean, the hits went on and on and on, and and it was obviously very, very troubling for all of us, especially those of us in in the industry. But, you know, what, what happened was, you know, that was not free money. No. It was it was given and and I remember specifically and I can't I will talk about a specific company because I'm not making a stock recommendation won't do that but Goldman Sachs flat out refused say we do not want this this money we do not need it and they were ordered and, to take it and and the, and Paulson you know shoved it down his their throat and said yes. you are taking this money yeah and not and and the problem was that the shareholders were the ones that ultimately suffered as a result of that because one of the stipulations, Harry, is that if you received money, you could not pay a dividend for any of a number of months or years until all that money was paid back. Did they ever explain why they let Lehman Brothers fail? Why why didn't they bail them out? I think they was, were bailing out people that didn't need a bailout. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We don't have the time to get into it right now, but I think there was a. I don't want to say something there. there. I don't want to say there's a personality clash, but there was a personality clash, yeah. and I think um, if, I knew you were going to say if that. Lehman, the president at the time, or CEO, handled things a little bit differently, they might have. You might have had a different outcome because they would have survived and they would have enjoyed the the better times that were thereafter. They would have made it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just. I'm not going to prove it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit here and speculate. But Harry, I do. I. I do remember specifically that there was some issues with the CEO, the, the, the old CEO, and and uh, and Paulson, and I think that's you know one of the reasons why the company went down. Very interesting. When we come back, Chuck Malamut will talk about manufacturing a whole lot more. Uh, some very important topics straight ahead as we continue Chuck's financial discussion uh, on the Hurley in the Morning program. Back in just a few minutes with Chuck Malamut. Respectfully, this is. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's Talk Station. Thank you, great one. 46 minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamut, uh, your update on manufacturing, please. So, so, Harry, one of the things we talked about, obviously, with, you know, is the medicine that the Fed is dispensing, is, is it working? And uh, the ISM... Uh, do, do you think it's working? Yeah, I mean, think about this. And what I'm going to chat about right now, the ISM uh, manufacturing PMI fell more into contraction in December. It fell uh, to 48.4 versus 49. And, you know, what happens is, uh, you know, this suggests that economic conditions continue to weaken, uh, you know, even with the labor market remaining somewhat robust. So, you know, I think what the Fed is doing, you know, is in fact happening. And, and is, so the next step is say, OK, well, you know, you know, have has inflation peaked? Um, you know, it, it looks like it has, Harry. 
you know, the Fed has to continue to work, you know, at the level they're working at right now because some of these stickier components like services and wage inflation are still out there. So I, I think, you know, all of us are seeing it, uh, you know, and the la- so the last qu- the question is, okay, are, are, are we, you know, are we in a recession? Are, are we going to go into a recession? Uh, and, yes. And if we are going to go into recession, is it going to be mild? That's what a lot of the talking heads are, are saying. You know, credit markets, and this kind of goes back to what we just talked about before the last break. You know, when you look at the at the strength of the of the, of the financials today, these the big banks, the small banks. You know, it's, they're in a whole lot better shape today, Harry, than they were just you know. You know, 10, 12, 14 years ago. So, yeah, I believe we are headed into a recession. This is just my layperson take on the panel. We are headed into a recession. In my estimation, it's a double dip because we had one before that they won't cop to, and it will be mild. So, let, let, let's think about where, where we go from here. There's, there's, there's three scenarios that could, that could potentially happen, you know, within, within this, within this year. Um, one, a mild recession, 50% probability that that's going to happen, right? Inflation declines, but then we have these stickier prices that we talked about, and the central banks have to deal with that. We have earnings downgrades that, you know, that a lot of the strategists are talking about, particularly in our, in our country right now. And stocks are going to have moderate rates of return in 2023. The, the, the second scenario is a soft landing. And they always talk about a soft landing. There's a thirty percent probability that's going to happen. So what, for, for that to happen, you have to have a you know global growth momentum has to continue, staying positive. Core inflation has to decline, sharper than expected. And you know if we have this easing of inflation, what will happen is the central banks will halt their tightening cycles, and that's what that's what we want to have happen. I mean. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to. We don't want a recession. Uh, we, you know, we would like to maybe have a soft landing, and then the third, something I don't think we're looking forward to is what is referred to as an average recession. It's probably twenty percent probability that's going to happen. Uh, now, it's it's twenty percent because there's some really good things happening around the world. We know China's reopening. Uh, you know, the, the cost of goods and services, particularly, you know, home heating uh, oil uh, in Europe is, you know, it's, it's not what everyone had expected because they're having somewhat of a, of a mild winter. Follow up is um, are the experts forecasting that energy is going up in 2023? I hear that that oil is going up in 2023. It probably, look, Harry, you think about oil, you know, oil lost with 40% of its, uh, of its of its value in a relatively short period of time. And I think we're going to get in this churn where you're going to go, you know, 70, 80, you know, for a barrel, $70, $80 a barrel. I don't think, I don't think we're going back to 120. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so, so think about, you know, here's what could be happening, you know, as we get into, into this year, weaker economy, probably have a mild recession in 23. Inflation's still high. It'll probably come down, continue to come down. Fed's not done, and they've made it perfectly clear with respect to rates. And they might stay what they refer to as higher for longer. Earnings estimates too high. They need to come down regardless of what sector you're in. Um, you know, 
you look at what's happened with stocks and bonds, we're going to, Harry, I think we're going to have a, a positive year. I mean, you know, you, you come off of two negative years in the bond market. We, we've never had that before. You know, when you look at your portfolio, I mean, a, a lot of people own technology. You know, you, you know, you really need to take a look and make sure you own the right sectors. By the way, again, just as the layperson on the panel, that's why I was a big fan of acknowledging what was really going on in 2022. Because if you don't acknowledge that what happened in 22 happened, then you have two bad years in a row potentially. You know, instead of eating, you know, take your medicine when it's really happening. I understand there was an election and there was a lot of, you know, uh, dishonesty going on. But they didn't cop to 2022, mm-hmm. which sort of makes 2023 seem like it's standalone it's a shame. Yeah. You know, also look to, to do some dollar cost averaging along the way. Look at some international stocks. You know, we we as U.S. investors typically shy away from international. I think it does need to be part of your portfolio. Um, and, 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 you know, again, the old expression, don't fight the Fed and don't fight the tape. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, you know, I think everyone is looking for the Fed to pivot. Um, I think it's going to happen sometime this year. I just, I mean, I wish Harry could tell you it's going to be yeah. in June. I, I don't, I don't know. I think it'd be foolish of me to even, even throw that out there. But you, you do feel sort of informally like the second half is going to be a turnaround. I think we're going to have a decent year in the markets, Harry. I really do. Good. Um, Good. You know, it's you know, we've, we, as you mentioned, we took a, we took a lot of really, really uh, gut wrenching medicine in twenty two, two thousand twenty two coming off of a 27% increase in 21. Mm-hmm. And, you know, think about the average return in the equity markets is, you know, anywhere from 8 to 9%. But it's never 8 to 9% every year. So you have to, you know, be in, what is it? What's the old expression? You got to be in it to win it, Correct. so to speak. Correct. And, um, you know, you have to hope for those that's, that stayed. I think they're going to be, uh, you know, rewarded for that. For those who went to the sidelines, I think, Harry, you have, you know, you still have some time to to dollar cost average in. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think sitting in cash, even though it is around 4%, uh, is going to be the answer long term because those rates will come down. Chuck, let's talk about um, something you you and I have been <laughs> talking about for 31 years, only now it's it's at a level. You know, I've been saying for decades on your program, how can we ever pay this back? Now I really mean it. We're not going to pay the U.S. Back. government debt. It's 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 no. it's out of no. sight. So 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 Harry, spending on the U.S. government debt cost a hundred and two billion dollars. A hundred two billion dollars for the first two months of fiscal two thousand twenty three. That's what the Department of Treasury you know recently reported. Harry, that is an eighty seven percent increase over the same period a year ago. And that's attributable to, to to two things: one, borrowing more, and two, substantially hiring substantially higher borrowing costs. So think about your budget, Harry. And I say to you, well, Harry, listen, hmm. you know, you're going to pay me, you know, another ninety percent than what you paid me last year. I'm really sorry, but that's your new bill. Do you think this brings about? Um People that have been making uh, minimum payments on credit cards, rates going up and all this. Should 2023 necessarily feature a lot of people filing for reorganization, for bankruptcies and different things? I think the good news is that the con- the consumers during COVID 
did have the ability to save a lot of money. And the average balance household balance sheet is in a lot better shape than it was just several years so ago. So they can sustain this. So they should be able, for the most part, to be able to sustain. However, that doesn't preclude – that doesn't include everyone, Harry. I think you're going to answer your question, yes. I think you're going to have an increase in foreclosures and bankruptcies this year. This caught my eye. Fed fund rates for 2022 um, – you're going to say it's not a pretty picture. Yeah. So, so Harry, um, you know, so 2022, what happened was the, the, the 4.25% increase in federal fund rates, Harry, in 2022 was the largest calendar year increase since 1970. Wow. I mean, imagine, you know, you're doing things and you're used to – it goes back to the, what we just talked about with the debt. I mean, imagine it costs you three, four, five times as much. You notice over the last couple of years how often we've been able to say first time since 1981 and now first time since 1970. Things are happening that there, – there are many people alive today that have never seen it in in their lifetime. And for many people, it's been 30 or 40 years and, and for and, and for many people, it's it's gut wrenching. I mean, if you have if you were not prepared, Harry, you know, to sustain, you know, you're, you know, you really take got to take a serious look at what at what's going on. And that kind of we mentioned we kind of danced around this in the beginning of the hour. And that's you know what's happened with mortgage rates. I mean, th- think about this. Um, you know, in 2022, U.S. mortgage rates saw their largest annual increase on record, Harry, on record, not going back. To 1970 or 1980, this is on on record, Harry. So the average 30-year fixed rate at the end of 20, 2022 was 6.42 percent, Harry. A year ago, 3.11. It doubled. It doubled plus with within a year's period of time. Wow! Imagine you're a home buyer sitting on the fence looking to lock your rate. Okay. And every each and every day, that rate continues to move onward and upward. Try to get two in in two and a half minutes. Baby boomers are retiring later than expected. I'm a big fan. If you want to work, that's great. But if you have to work, that's a shame. Because if you could have been able to retire in any other time. The other one is I still believe that small business is the backbone of America. Close with those two. So, Harry, the 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 average 49, 50 percent of baby boomers, baby boomers expect to work past age 70 which we are we're not age 70 no yet. no baby boomers well 40 no you said, i'm sorry we're, yeah, I, I take that back yeah, yeah we're 50 percent of baby boomer baby boomers expect to work past age 70 or don't plan to retire at all so harry i kind of goes in your camp you're, that, not re, you're not retiring right i'm not planning on it but that's because i don't want to is that 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 question's a little deceiving is it because you don't want to or because you have to work. Well, a couple. There's your, so your answer is it's both. One, it's one happens is uh, health, healthy, aged, related. Okay, you're living longer and living better. I mean, how you know you go to the gym, you work out, you eat better. You know, you don't smoke, you don't drink, um, and then you know, un- unfortunately, a fair amount of people are working later in life because they have to because it's financially related. And it's true. Sixty-five years ago was the end towards the end of your life. 
now you expect to live well beyond that. We, we look, we owe a little bit of a plug here. We talk about, you know, LifeView. It's a financial planning tool we use. It kind of focuses around retirement. And when you, you load all the information is the average woman lives to age 92, 93, and the average male lives to age 90. It's fantastic. So you think about... That's a big change. You know, was, That's why Social Security is an issue. It, it is. It is. It is. You're yeah. living for decades and, longer. And, and I, Harry, I guess we're getting played off. We are. Uh, 20 seconds. But the, the backbone of America, you know, it, it, you know, firms that have less than 100 employees account for 98% of all American businesses. 98%. Backbone. Backbone. Of America. Thank you, Chuck. Harry... To re- Enjoy your Philadelphia Eagles. Thank you. I, I will. You and you, you enjoy your Las Las Vegas Raiders. Six zero nine three eight three twenty ten for Chuck Malamut and all of your financial matters. Doctor Bob Zlotnick is making a house call next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square Media Station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is five minutes past the hour. Dr. Bob Zlotnick has made a house call. There are doctors that still make house calls. We're proving it now. Atlantic Prevention Resources presents Dr. Zlotnick, who has a great programming, uh, a great program in store for everyone and a big announcement at some point during the hour. Dr. Bob, time is yours. Thank you, Harry. The announcement will come at around 9.30 when, okay. when we're done the first segment. Sounds good. Uh, so if anybody's listening, please stay tuned. Good, good tease. Uh, my guest is Dr. Gina Marchando. Dr. Gina is the chief executive officer of Seabrook, formerly Seabrook House, which was a private nonprofit uh, substance use treatment agency in located in Cumberland County that was around for at least 50 years, perhaps 60 years or so. One of the grandparents of the treatment centers, uh, one of the real old timers, and um, they merged recently with a company out of Tennessee, is that right? And um, Dr. Gina is now the new CEO there. So good morning and welcome. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. And I imagine you do this often, radio shows? <laughs> yes, we, <laughs> we like to get out and spread the word about um, addiction and prevention and recovery as much as possible. So uh, how long have you been with Seabrook? I've been with Seabrook since the acquisition that you referenced in 2020. And how have you found it since then? Um, you know, Seabrook is a, an amazing little oasis um, in, you know, we're known as the heart of recovery in South Jersey, um, affectionately, what I reference as being we're in the heart of the garden, part of the garden state. Um, and it's a, just a really wonderful healing oasis. We're on, you know, about 40 acres. And what's not to love about Seabrook? Um, Seabrook was founded in 1974, as you referenced, by a private family who had a vision and a mission. And Back in 1974, there was no treatment for addiction. Um, you know, if you were an especially alcoholic, especially here in South Jersey, yes, if you were an alcoholic and you were fortunate enough, you went to Betty Ford to dry out, or and you then could you go were... to Philadelphia to the Pennsylvania Hospital or something, but not in Bridgeton. Correct, you know, there was nothing. Correct. So they really made a name for themselves in, um, I think, guiding what treatment needs to be. And I met uh, Peg once, Peg Deal, mm-hmm. um, a long time ago. I started my career in Vineland. 
And so we worked very closely with Seabrook and referred a lot of people there. And I visited the campus many times. It is an idyllic location, um, like you said, on 40 acres in the middle of farmland. In fact, I eat Seabrook Farms cream spinach, which comes oh, wow. from the farm right next door to Seabrook. And Good um, story. It, it is a uh, – I mean, it, it really is – Literally in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's it's on a, a very a busy road that people take to get between mm-hmm. Vineland and, say, Salem County. And that's the way I travel sometimes, and I drive by it and I wave. But but really, if you weren't going there, you wouldn't even know how to get there. And it's, it's not like on the bus route or anything. It's really um, – it's a great place to get away. It's a good thing. For some, yes, it's a great thing because somebody can't if – they, if they change their mind during treatment, they're not just walking out and hopping on the bus. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so wh- what's your favorite thing about Seabrook? I think my favorite thing about Seabrook is um, our ability to really meet individuals where they are and fill in the clinical gaps. Um, even though we've been around for 50 years, um, you know, the face of addiction and mental health has changed so drastically. Um, I like to always say that if anything good came out of COVID, um, it's that we're starting to have discussions about not just addiction, but mental health and trauma and truly understanding the bridge between the three in order to intervene holistically. Um, and I think that the, the gaps that we've been able to, to fill and the programs that we're developing to move forward into the future um, is what's going to really set us aside as delivering that unparalleled care in this realm. So to, before we go any further, to make sure that we're getting the message out there that I want to get out, and, and that's the most important thing, is if someone needs help, someone, say, woke up on January 2nd and just like, I did it again, I can't do this anymore, or, or a friend or family member of that person, what should they do? How can they reach out? How can they get help? Sure. Um, you know, it, it's such a small window when someone decides today is the day. And um, we like to assist those individuals and those family members as quickly as possible. Um, you know, they can reach us by phone, um, which is 856-455-7575. That's the na- same number it's been for 30 years, yes. at least that I know of. Yes. Or they can join us, um, you know, online on our website, uh, which is www.seabrook.org. Um, and there is a contact us form there because a lot of individuals these days, especially when it comes to addiction or mental health issues, they still um, get overwhelmed with the shame involved and they'd rather, you know, text or, or email versus talk. And, and we're, we're here to help them in whatever modality they pursue. And, and it's a new millennia, millennium and that's the way people communicate, especially mm-hmm. different generations. Mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely. I would pick up the phone and call because I'm an old guy, but, but in the, in the uh, you know, people my kids' age and, and somewhat, you know, a little older are texting and emailing as opposed to picking up the phone. And so that's an important, is that 24-7? Is that available 24-7? Yes, absolutely. And what is the admissions process like? I mean, what would somebody expect if they called today to get help for an alcohol or drug problem? Sure. So um, the first contact is really getting the initial demographics, getting some information about who you are as an individual, your substance use history, any comorbid mental health diagnoses or issues that you're struggling with. Um, And then they'll go over the financial piece, because as we know, um, finances can be a burden for anyone, you know, seeking health care. There used to be scholarships. Does that exist still? Seabrook used to do scholarships for some people. We offer some scholarships, um, but the wonderful thing about Seabrook um, today is that we're in network with every major insurance policy so that uh, individuals have access to our care, and it's not going to come down to I either can pay my mortgage or I can get treatment. Okay, that's important. Absolutely. Huge. It, 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 it's expensive. I yes. Mean, it can be. I mean, when I went to treatment in the 80s, it was expensive then. I mean, not like it is today. I mean, that's the difference between some people getting help and not choosing 
right. to seek help. And, and luckily, even though I didn't have insurance, my parents were of the means that they could pay out of pocket because if they hadn't, I wouldn't be here. The word shame came up earlier. Is that is that improving over time? Because if we talked about someone today and we found out that they had cancer, w- there'd be no shame. Uh, is that is that improving? I think that there's still some gray area in regards to that because individuals typically, um, yes, addiction is a disease, but most individuals find themselves in need of treatment because they began self-medicating with drugs or alcohol at some point for some other reason. I like to say to clients that your addiction at one point was a solution that has now become the problem. And so until we treat those underlying comorbidities, whether it's a mood disorder or it's unresolved trauma, they're going to continue to perpetuate that cycle. And a lot of the shame comes from things that aren't even relevant today, things that happened 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and the shame just continues to escalate with each relapse that occurs. That's a great point uh, that you made about uh, the, 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 the people's background and, and what they're carrying. And also the fact that alcohol and drugs do work to some extent. My dissertation research at Temple University was all about AA and 12-step programs and stress. And I found that alcohol really does relieve stress. It just doesn't do it in an effective way. I mean, you have so many other issues to deal with after the fact, but it really does work. Initially, in the short term, alcohol and drugs do help people cope. It's not an adaptive coping mechanism like you teach at Seabrook. So, so what are the kinds of things that people, like what's an average day for a patient like? That's a great question. Um, so when individuals come into treatment, typically um, if they're seeking inpatient, they're going to require detoxification initially. And detoxification is what I like to refer to as medical stabilization. It is the medical process of intervening from a biochemical level to help an individual get the drugs and alcohol out of their system. So depending on what they're using will determine the taper that that the doctor puts them on. And that can be anywhere from five to 10 days. Um, During that time, um, we have full programming, um, which includes four hours of psychotherapy per day, um, an hour of what we call wellness intervention. And I'll talk a little bit more about that shortly um, to really get them, you know, feeling well, to get them stable. Um, At the time in which detox is complete, individuals are recommended to step down to what we call inpatient or residential treatment. Um, Historically, people might know this as rehab, the typical 28 days. Um, And during that time, they're exposed to multiple um, evidence-based interventions, cognitive behavioral therapy to help individuals begin to identify group group therapy and individual therapy. Mm -hmm. But they can start to identify triggers um, you know, disruptive thought patterns, impulses, um, dialectical behavioral therapy, which is a fantastic modality um, because the majority of, of us walking around today, um, you know, we're, we're emotionally illiterate. Um, you know, emotions aren't something even today in 2023 that are readily welcomed, available, or identifiable. Um, so helping individuals to begin to identify what they're feeling um, as well as uh, increasing what we call frustration tolerance Mm. um, because, you know, individuals in early recovery really struggle with those impulses of agitation, unrest, um, anger, um, and then also emotional um, release, helping them identify what does healthy emotional expression look like? And it sounds it sounds very elementary, but it's not. Um, that's some of the most difficult work an individual will ever do is really tap into those emotions. And that's not going to happen in 28 days in rehab either. No. I, you know, inpatient is just the beginning. Break time. We'll be right back. 
Back in three minutes and the conversation, Atlantic Prevention Resources presents Dr. Bob and Dr. Gina. We continue right after this. January in South Jersey. The windshield could be zero or you could be walking on the boardwalk in just a sweatshirt. The sun could be shining or you could be shoveling a foot of snow. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 is South Jersey's official winter weather station. Count on meteorologist Dan Zero and the team of weather experts at AccuWeather to keep you ahead of Mother Nature this winter. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's official winter weather station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. And we are back. It's 19 minutes past the hour. Dr. Bob from Atlantic Prevention Resources. Time is yours. Thank you, Harry. Uh, we are visiting today with Dr. Gina Marchando. She's the CEO of Seabrook, formerly Seabrook House, but as we all know it, <laughs> that's hard to forget. But um, Seabrook is an inpatient and outpatient treatment program that serves South Jersey with its headquarters in, in Seabrook, which is near Bridgeton, New Jersey. And we've been talking about what Seabrook offers, how people can get in touch. Let's give the number one more time, 856 455 Yep. And so if you need help, you can always go to seabrook.com and click chat now. Um, it's and, or, it's .org. .org, seabrook.org. Mm-hmm. And you can click um, to speak to someone now. You can also uh, send an email on that website, 856-455-7575, and that's 24 hours a day yes. if you need help. Uh, we were talking about um, – in- I'd like to talk about what you mean by the trilogy of intervention. Absolutely. Um, You know, one of the things that I think Seabrook does really well, kind of coinciding with the reality that we're no longer just talking about addiction. Addiction doesn't exist um, in a silo. It it coexists with mental health or trauma. And so we not only address it from, um, you know, I referenced detoxification, which is the medical stabilization process. We have addictionology here. Um, We have addictionologists on staff that actually meet with the patients regularly um, to monitor the detox process. We also have full-time psychiatry to begin to address the mental health needs. And um, Including medication if needed. Absolutely. And we also have a doctor of Chinese medicine and naturopathy, um, which is kind of our hidden gem. Because what we know is that individuals use substances to alter their mind, but also escape the body because the body is where the emotions are stored. And so if we aren't getting individuals used to feeling their feelings and back into their bodies, um, we're doing them a disservice Mm. because it's really setting them up for relapse versus sustainable sobriety. So when we combine addictionology, psychiatry along with the naturopathy that's what i mean by kind of this trilogy of intervention and and lifelong sobriety is the key it's not just getting people in the door absolutely and not discharging them clean and sober it's really setting them up for a lifetime of of recovery Absolutely. And one of the things that is um, pertinent in anyone's recovery is learning how to live sober, how to be social. And that's where our entire adventure therapy track comes in. And what I mean by adventure therapy um, is we have ropes courses, we take individuals kayaking, Mm. we have a labyrinth. It's the use of myth, metaphor, and storytelling to really bypass Mm. those elaborate ego defense mechanisms that individuals um, oftentimes succumb into relapse as a result of. And as a person in long-term recovery, I can attest Mm -hmm. that you have to learn a whole new way of living. I had to learn a whole new way of living. I couldn't deal with my emotions the way that I used to deal with them because my best friend's gone now. And so I have to face 
you know, face situations in a different way. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking to that long-term, you know, recovery, um, we have a robust um, alumni program as well. And so we have 50 years of incredible history, legacy, and and tradition. Absolutely. Um, Tens of thousands, actually, over 50 years. And to have alumni come back on campus (laughs) and share their stories with, you know, people fresh in recovery, it's, it's invaluable. That is. Um, let's talk about trauma. You mentioned it as part of the trilogy of intervention, but and I understand that you're a traumatologist as well. What does that mean? And and do you do you address people and their their adult childhood ex- adverse experiences? Absolutely. You know, one of the buzzwords today is ACE, right, or adverse childhood experiences. And as a traumatologist, um, I I can absolutely look through that lens and and understand how individuals find themselves down that path of addiction because they're numbing out the pain, the emotional pain, the physical pain. Um, And so we assess all individuals that come in um, with a traumatic trajectory to begin to identify what those underlying issues might be. And it's amazing to me that so many individuals have lived such a life of loss and grief and trauma. And for so many, they have normalized it as a means to survive. And when they have that, that pathway of someone saying, this wasn't supposed to happen to you. Human beings are not meant to be traumatized and abused. It's like a light goes off. Um, and for a lot of individuals, it's that validation that then gives them the courage to continue down that path of recovery and share some of their deepest, darkest secrets. Even though we are not uh, meant to be traumatized, we have you know millennia of, of trauma in our DNA. Mm-hmm. I mean, even back to like the caveman times, there was a lot of trauma. I mean, it's not like it was now. There was no DCPNP back then. Right. So, I mean, you know, I mean, spousal abuse was probably not only common, but pretty much uh, generally accepted practice. Yeah, unenforced. Yeah. Um, let's talk about um, the future. Where are you going from here? And what do you think that the next, you know, six months to a year or five years looks like at Seabrook? Yeah, well, for Seabrook, we um, have just been so grateful to serve you know, individuals, especially in this past year, we launched what we call our tactical recovery program, which is tailored to veterans, um, the men and women that have served us that we now have the privilege of serving. Um, and some of the things that we've noticed, not just with veterans, but, you know, with all individuals seeking help is the need to really do the mood disorder work. Um, and so we're getting ready in 2023 to launch our Mood Disorder Institute at Seabrook, which will help those mm. individuals that have been struggling with not just addiction, but mood disorders, as well as our um, PTSD and our trauma program. Um, so we are just grateful to um, be in an environment um, where these things are now being talked about um, and that we can fill those clinical gaps. A, lo- a long underserved really? community that we're playing catch up mm-hmm. absolutely and you know i've often said on this program we've done a lot of interviews with veterans and uh the wilmington delaware uh who now handles south jersey as well great guy uh vince kane the director of the of the facilities that the country does a great job in training the military <laughs> they do a horrible job there's no exit interview there's there's a great job in the front door not good at terrible yes at closing terrible a lot of work there Uh, absolutely and you know not just with veterans but even you know individuals who grew up in dysfunction it's the same thing how do we we have robust trauma skills but what we failed to get is life skills and that's really what recovery and wellness is all about it's learning those um, perfunctory life skills that are going to help us excel 
So, uh, again, the phone number to reach Seabrook is 856-455-7575. Jot that down if you're listening because you never know when, if not you, a friend or a loved one, a family member, a neighbor may need help or want to talk to somebody about a substance use disorder, meaning a problem with alcohol or another drug. And their website is seabrook.org. And you can go on there 24-7. You could probably call it 24-7. Uh, but you can go on the, the website, seabrook.org, 24-7, and chat with a live person, make an appointment for an, an assessment or, you know, get a phone intake or phone screening. And they, and they will tell you or the person who calls if they're appropriate for treatment and if they think they need it. Um, Just want to make sure, were there any things you wanted to share in closing Dr. Gina, that you didn't get to share. Yeah, and for those individuals that are listening that might have a loved one that needs treatment um, but is resisting it, they're still in denial. They're not necessarily a client for change at the moment. Um, we oftentimes partner with families and loved ones in that same situation. You do interventions. We can do interventions to really help you get the loved That's one important. in treatment. And you just know, like the TV show. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's not just that individual who's struggling with the addiction that needs help. It's the entire family. And so when individuals come to Seabrook... We also have what we call the Family Matrix Program, which is one of the things that puts Seabrook on its map because Seabrook started doing family Years work ago. before family work was even right. something that was discussed. And it's outpatient, right? It's outpatient. It's also inpatient. So oh, when your loved like, one is like in, Karen, yeah, Karen. when your loved one is in treatment, um, usually around the third week of treatment, we have um, an immersive A family weekend. program where um, individuals come in and the family gets to experience many of the same interventions: equine therapy, um, the labyrinth, the ropes courses, um, as well as extensive psychoeducation to really help them learn how to help their loved one. Because families, when you're in crisis, they want to do what's best for them. However, the fear the anxiety of my loved one is going to die leads them away from support and oftentimes gets us into that mode of controlling or enabling. And so our goal is to really help the families um, be able to synthesize what their loved one is going through and where they're going from here. Our, our marketing rep, Sean Collins, has held out on me uh, about the labyrinth and the equine therapy. I haven't heard of those. So I'm going to be tra- taking a trip out to uh, Seabrook and, and check those things out. Thanks. Um, one other thing you mentioned before about um, mood disorders. Uh, can you just clarify what those are? I, I think I know what it is. It's depression, anxiety, bipolar. But but what? how would somebody know if they had one of those? Well, we can do a screening. Um, but like I mentioned before, so many people have become so accustomed to living with depression, they think it's normal. They think that everybody goes through that. There is a normalization, right? We're in the darkest, coldest months of the winter. And seasonal effectiveness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but oftentimes that seasonal effectiveness disorder, which is truly underlying depression, just exacerbates because there's less light. Um, it's so- horrible. It is, absolutely. And that can also be what starts a relapse cycle, mm-hmm, too, mm-hmm. Um, just to cope. So if individuals are struggling with depression, anxiety, um, bipolar, and, you know, for a lot of people, they'll be in denial that they have bipolar because they'll say, you know, I don't, I don't spend $25,000. You can, that's, that's one type of bipolar. Another type of bipolar, which is bipolar two, is simply depression. Mm. They just stay in that darkness. Good stuff. Thank you. Very Thank impressive. you, Dr. Gina. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. We'll be right back. Dr. Bob will introduce his next guest and a special announcement coming up as Atlantic Prevention Resources presents Dr. Bob Zlotnick, President and Chief Executive Officer. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. 
Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you. Welcome back. 32 minutes past the hour with Dr. Bob Zlotnick, the president and the chief executive officer of Atlantic Prevention Resources. Dr. Bob, I have to say, that's my first encounter with Dr. Gina, CEO of Seabrook. Mine as well. Wow. I mean, impressive. She was. Yes. She really knows her stuff. I never heard that term, trauma. What was that called? Traumatologist. I never heard of traumatologist. My first time, too. I mean, that was just fascinating. And she's certified in something I never heard of. She's probably certified in a lot of things. Yeah. (laughs) uh, I mean, she is a practitioner. However, she doesn't – she's she's the CEO of Seabrook. So she doesn't probably have a caseload and, and see a lot of clients, if any, you know. She she probably just does the administrative stuff. Yeah, very impressive. She she definitely definitely uh, knows her stuff. We are we have a caller. Is that right? Oh, you do. <laughs> we are expecting a caller. This is Ryan Leaf. Ryan is uh, a, and oh yes, that Ryan Leaf, right? That, that Ryan Leaf. Good morning, Ryan. Morning, guys. How we doing? Good to be with you. You know, Dr. Bob, my name is Harry. Uh, good to present you, Dr. Bob. You have exciting news. We I have understand. really exciting news. Uh, Ryan has agreed to speak at our spring gala on March 31st between 6 and 10 p.m. at the Linwood Country Club. We haven't set a time for Ryan's speaking engagement, but it'll be sometime probably around 7 o'clock or so, 7.30. And um, we are really happy to be working with Ryan on this project. And thank you, Ryan, for agreeing to do this. Well, of course. Yeah, you know, it's it's always good when when you find people that share the same values and, and want to be of service and help people who are who are still struggling because uh, uh, as you know we we know what that feels like and you feel all alone and and like there's no hope and so we want to we want to do what we can um and it's it makes it about as purposeful as a, a life as you can have and we really appreciate that and, and i understand that because i i try to give back as much as i can to the recovery community and as you know atlantic prevention resources is a a, a, a mid-sized non-profit agency located in atlantic county we have we do prevention we do uh outpatient treatment, addiction treatment. We help people quit smoking and vaping. Uh, but this event solely is for our outpatient addiction treatment program for adults because costs have gone up so much uh, over the years, especially in the last years uh, during COVID and, and with inflation. Everything costs more, and we have not received significant increases enough to match the expenses that we have So you know, in funding. Uh, so, so it's very difficult for us to operate and break even because if we can't break even, we can't offer a service. And so that's why we're doing this fundraiser on March 31st. For information about that, you can go to our website, atlprev.org. That's short for Atlantic Prevention. Or you can just Google Atlantic Prevention Resources. And uh, we will have information on our event page by the end of the today uh, with, with uh, Ryan's information as well, his bio, his background. So, Ryan, without giving away your story, because we don't want anybody to hear it today and then say, I don't have to go, tell us briefly <laughs> where you come from and, and, and why why people should come hear you. So you mean I can get a refund on my ticket, Bob, that you, I've already paid you, for? You, you may not. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead, Ryan. Well, you know, it, it's, it's not it's not a unique story. Uh, there's some maybe some unique qualifiers simply around the, the aspect of the NFL and you know, the precipitous fall to, to a prison cell. Um, but it's like if you sit in any meeting, uh, I hear my story over and over and over again and vice versa. It's just, it's just the, the, the disease. 
um, and uh, so that it's all similar. Um, but um, you know, I tell it in a different way. You know, and I and I'm and I'm vulnerable and I'm transparent. I think that, and I'm accountable. And I think those are the the three real qualifiers when you're when you're telling your story. People want to hear you be transparent. They want to hear vulnerability, but they want you to be accountable. They don't want you to blame or be a victim in any any way, shape, or form because you're not. And uh, I think for the longest time, that's something that held me back. And when I could finally look in the mirror and say, Ryan, you're here, wherever that is, whether it's in a good spot or a bad spot, um, you're here because of what you did, no one else. I think that was the most freeing moment for me in terms of being able to move on, right? You, you can't blame anybody else. Uh, it's the simplest way to look at it. It's either you're going to fix it uh, or you're not. And uh, luckily for me, I had a ton of people that just kind of carried me uh, a long ways uh, when I couldn't do it myself. And, and now I, when I'm fully understanding, when I fully understanding that it's, it's, it's the reason why I give back myself. It's not always great to stand up in front of a room full of people and, you know, rip off your bandaid and tell your sob story. Um, it's emotionally draining, but it's, it's become a very purposeful act. And so when you guys reached out, I, I just thought that was a, especially we just moved to the East coast. So it's just, it was perfect timing. So that is perfect I'm looking timing. forward to it. I think I'm going to bring my family with me. So we'll have a good time. Welcome to the East Coast. I was going to say, welcome to the best coast. <laughs> it is. This is fantastic. <laughs> and uh, now I remember Ryan's career, number two draft, right? Mm-hmm, number mm-hmm. two in the, in the entire draft. After Peyton Manning, right? That is correct. You got the Chargers, the Cowboys, the Bucks, and the the Seahawks. And what do they all have in common? They're all in the playoffs this year. Every team he has played for is Winners. in the playoffs, yep. which is pretty pretty neat. Well, I'm, I'm happy. I, I'm happy I could contribute to that. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's why I brought it up. I see the the connection there. Yep. Uh, just felt like a natural to bring up. One unrelated thing to the, the to the great presentation that I know and the impactful presentation, Ryan, that I know you're going to make at Dr. Bob's event. Damar Hamlin has this cardiac event at the game where everybody is watching. It's not at the 1 o'clock game or the 4.05 game. It's when everyone is watching. I think it has united America and it has united the NFL like we haven't seen since September 11, 2001. What do you say about that, Ryan? Yeah, it was significant. And you you really have to applaud the NFL with their protocols and the things they had in place because yeah. they saved Demar Hamlin's no life. Doubt. No he, doubt. Absolutely. Um, and then I, I think it humanized the NFL player. And I think that's hard to do because there's this pedestal that, that, that you're on and you make millions of dollars. And, um, well, some people make millions of dollars. They say that, you know, it's not, it's not, the, not the truth about 1% of the league makes millions of dollars, but it's, it, it's a different, uh, it's a different job. And I, I think it humanized the NFL player. And I think it did bring the NFL together. I do. I, I you know, I, I still have my, my doubts about whether or not the NFL has any redeeming qualities, uh, as a, as a company. Um, but the players which make it go are, are absolutely, um, you know, precious. And that's what, that's what we saw, uh, all last week. And, and, uh, the people that, that supported and, loved and reached out and prayed all the things that went into it um i I think was really really special um and something that i'm proud to be part of the nfl brotherhood so um yeah it was it was special i will say this though i mean as much as it brought people together this country is so absolutely toxic i mean people immediately like there's always something that that can tear them off that that ledge of 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 you know, empathy and, and caring and stuff. There's always that thing. And then all of a sudden they're just boom, right back on, 
you know, on, on what I suggested that they postpone last weekend's games and give the players uh, uh, some time to check in with family themselves, their teammates, and on their mental health. And man, people just came after me like mm. I was like mm. I was nuts. Oh yeah, they you know? go they go and, crazy. Uh, they they well, wanted they, those same crazies wanted that game to continue that night. Yeah, That's I don't know insane. if they wanted the game to continue that night, but they they also they they you know people people like to compare jobs, right? You you, you can't compare the job of an NFL player with a construction worker it, for how dangerous it is i get that it's different it, you just they're they're false equivalencies and i'm and i you know i let them i let them know that this week um it's it, it's it's funny how quickly people can turn off that supportive page when you know their their favorite pastime of of drinking a bunch of beer and sitting around on uh on sundays and kind of you know numbing out watching football uh is taken away well it's entertainment and it's a business oh yeah 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 people have money on the line Ooh. When what did you see as far as substance use in the NFL? Did you were you in? I I know you were involved personally to some extent, but what did you see? Actually, I wasn't. I, I didn't start abusing uh, um, prescription painkillers until after I had retired. Oh. I'd love to say that my poor play was because I was just a strung out <laughs> addict, but I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't play well. And uh, I, I what I saw mostly in the NFL is I saw you know prescription painkillers handed out like candy and, and then alcohol people uh coped with alcohol so those were the two biggest forms of substance abuse i saw at the nfl level um you know and, and I, I i do think that's changed i, I not necessarily maybe the the painkiller aspect of things but players are much different now they, it, they 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 understand that the longer they can play in this league this gives them a chance to make generational wealth and so everything that they do I think it's put back into their bodies in terms of mm. making it as functional as possible to play as long as possible and stay so healthy. you can you can make that that bag of money and and set your family and yourself up for life Ryan this is I mean this in the best way I don't mean this as a as a slam at all I'm a fan I, I followed your career long ago I was a sports writer a huge I'm a huge football fan huge sports fan. I saw you when you were drafted number two. It was totally natural. I, I saw your skill sets: uh, six five, perfect prototype quarterback. The whole the whole package. What do you think it was that you didn't live up to the potential? Because I think skill wise and all of that, you know, and and there's a lot for people listening. It isn't just the quarterback. I mean, Nick Foles played right within a system and could deliver a Super Bowl, and they beat Tom Brady. Um, I, I mean, I, you had all the skill sets. You're only 46 now. You had all the skill sets. What do you think happened? Well, I just I didn't deal with failure very well. Also, I didn't understand the, the um, and I and I didn't deal with criticism uh, well at all. Those are those are two major factors in the NFL level. And I think just coming from Montana and then going to Washington State, I was just never under the 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 media's microscope you know when you get to you're the number two overall pick at the nfl which is a institution in this country and there's a news truck parked outside your house for three months you know and you know you know following your every move you become defensive you become angry and and resentful of that and and then when you don't play well instead of really being able to ask for help uh you you back yourself into a corner because you, it's what you've done your whole life i've always been so talented i've just been more talented than everybody else 
at every level. I just assumed I would go back out on the field after, you know, behaving in a way and, and things would be okay. But, you know, this is the, this is the 1% of the 1%. Uh, and if your central nervous system's on tilt, you know, all week long, you're not going to play well against the best defenses in the world. And, you know, and when it spirals at the NFL level, especially with the expectations that you have as a number two overall pick, like that's over in a, a second. You don't, you don't get, you don't get second chances. I got a bunch. I got two, three, four chances with teams. And, you know, by that time, my injuries had taken over. And I just, when I finally figured it out, it was too late. And because of those expectations, my pride wouldn't let me be a backup quarterback. So if I wasn't a starting quarterback, I was, mm. I, I, re, I left. I quit, quit the game. You know, now I watch guys like Chase Daniel or, or Nick Foles, for that matter, yeah. uh, play 15, 16 years, make, you know, $100 million maybe, and, and, really never really have to play that much, right? They they get to play professional football for a living. And uh and, job. and that's just something my mind, my you know, my addict mind couldn't comprehend. Such a great answer. Well Harry and I have just been looking at each other like you have a great voice. You you should do radio. I do. I, do. I know, I know. <laughs> I have I'm on ESPNU and Pac twelve radio this afternoon. I have my own T V show and I call games on the weekends for both NFL and, and college football. And he was teasing. We so, know so you I, I was joking. Yeah, yeah. So so you know, all all this stuff and then and yeah and <laughs> He got the joke. I got him. <laughs> all this stuff and like you and it turned out okay. I mean like it, th- this story, as tragic as it was and it and we'll hear about, you know, the details of it in March, but and if anybody's interested in, in coming, they should call Harry or me, and we get you tickets. But but it had a happy ending, and the the happy ending continues. You're now married. You have you know a new job, several jobs. You, you live on the East Coast. You have a baby. I mean, like you know, so you're a child, and that that's remarkable. I mean, you probably didn't imagine 20 years ago in, in this situation. No, well, you know, and it's not tragic. It's it's not. I didn't I didn't die. I I just wasn't a good football player, and I went to at the NFL level, the highest possible level, and I went, and I went to jail. And, and guess what? There, there, there's so many people that have that story. And it's not tragic uh, because I'm still here. Um, it's an actual life story, you know, from start to finish. There's so many highs and lows, and it's about finding that. And it's rare that, that someone's lived at the highest of the highs and, and the lowest of the lows and, and finding the, the ability to live kind of in the middle there. And, uh, and I think that's what I've done just because of the experiences. And you're right. You know, I used to think the life of my dreams was, you know, playing on Saturdays and Sundays, um, you know, being a, uh, you know, famous football player, but it, it isn't, you know, the life of my dreams is, is having, uh, being employed, uh, being able to work hard, being respected and enjoyed to be around in, in the, in the workspace and having a family and a home. Uh, all of those things. That that's that's good, the life of my dreams. So good dad, exactly good right. good husband. That's important. Ryan, what what do you say relative to you played at the highest levels and then doing the work that you do um, as an analyst and as a host and that um, staying involved in the game at that level. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, I think it. I mean, football gave me everything, and for a while it was it was rather toxic. And when I realized that it, it was I was the problem, not the football, then I became uh, able to to start getting back involved in it again. You know, and it, it's it's great to be around. It's the it's the greatest game that uh, that uh, taught me so much 
brings people together, as we saw this last week. It just brought people together. Um, so I, I really enjoy what I get to do. Though, all of that is just bonus stuff. Like if I if the foundation of of what I do isn't about service of others, is it isn't about going around speaking, doing uh, your guys's event. Um, if I if I don't do that stuff, I don't I wouldn't be able to uh, experience and enjoy all these things I get to do. Like that's that's the that's the you know the sprinkles on top to to this life. Um, and so that's why I'm I make it a priority. That comes first, and then everything else. Uh, I don't you know I don't I work really hard at it, but I never you know it never takes on a this is so important that I have this job and you know if it goes away fine I'll. I'll keep helping people, and you know, uh, as I've found, you can always make more money. It, it, you just always can if you just you know keep applying yourself to whatever you want to do and be happy. It's really a great outlook. Ryan Lee visiting with Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob, Ryan, you are involved in the recovery community, and you I mean, besides working for ESPN and 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 other aspects of you know football, still you you are working in the field of addiction and recovery. Talk about that a little. Yeah, I just uh, I just partnered with the Menninger Clinic down in Houston. Uh, you know, they are one of the, the premier psychiatric and substance abuse uh, facilities in our country. And I, I'm reach, people reach out to me all the time uh, through social media, you know, uh, through email or whatever. Really, you know, confused um, exactly where I was, you know, 12 years ago and and uh, wanting help. And uh, I never really had that uh you know, that, that roadmap where I have my story, yes, but there wasn't a asset at the end of that where I could say, hey, this is this place that could, it's a professional place that can help you. Sometimes I felt overwhelmed not being able to do enough. And so, you know, partnering with the Menninger Clinic, that, that's been huge. It's Like I said, it's at the foundation of, uh, of who I am. If I don't make it about other people, if I don't serve others, I don't get to enjoy the life that I have. And I know you've heard this saying before all the time, you you know, you can't keep it unless you give it away. Right. And that's exactly the mindset that uh, that I've taken. Two-minute drill with Ryan Leaf. Dr. Bob? Uh, talk about Montana. I mean, I n- I've never had a guest on this program. My twin it, brother's it, been it, to Montana. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. He it, met the uh, congressman who became secretary, who became congressman. <laughs> My brother loved Montana. But but in over 16 years, I've never talked to somebody, had anybody as a guest who's from Montana. Yeah. Can you talk about Montana? Very cool. Oh, it's just it's gorgeous. Um what a beautiful place um people should visit it all they want um and and enjoy it my brother fell in love with it eh, you know the people let's you know i'm not maybe i'm maybe i'm still dealing with that in terms of my resentments but uh wasn't it wasn't a wasn't a happy childhood for me the the people were very very uh very tough on on a kid uh who uh was just head and shoulders more talented than everybody else Whose heroes were the the Fab Five? The, the state of Montana wasn't ready for a, a kid like that. Wow! It kind of gave it to me, and I held on to that for a long, long time. And I think that uh, it it really contributed to my my anger and resentment that uh, that you know supplied my my uh, substance use too. So I, I love my family still lives there. My mom and dad, a lot of aunts and uncles, and everything like that. Um, but I, I don't go back. It also reminds me of, of course, where I was arrested times, and, right. and spent time in prison and. The, and I remember dry, and I remember coming home uh, recently. I think a couple years ago, and my dad picks me up at the airport. As you drive by the airport, there's the county jail where I spent, you know, 95 days. And then you start driving the town. It's a small enough town, and I can see like the outskirts of where I was 
you know, just thoroughly in my addiction and, and, and wanting to go around, drive around and, and look for homes to, to find pills and stuff. It's just, it's, it's almost, there's almost PTSD hmm. with it. And, uh, and so I, I stay away from it as much as I can, um, now, but there's some beautiful places to visit. I proposed to my, my wife there. Um, my son was, uh, um, I guess, uh, um, made there. So I guess we're, uh, we, we owe Montana a ton. <laughs> yeah, have some strong roots. We we yeah. have to go to a break shortly. Are you able to stay on, or we want to, want me to let you go, and, and we will reconvene on the phone uh, in at a later date? Well, let's reconvene on the phone. Okay. I've got to go prep for my uh, my radio Thank show you. here in the next hour. Thank so, you. But I appreciate it, guys. Good I'll be in to touch Ryan. with you about the event. Thank yeah. you. It's Ryan Leaf. We'll be right back. Dr. Bob Zlotnick, Atlantic Prevention Resources, presents along with yours truly. Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Democrats say that high inflation would go away after the Fed's rate hikes. But month after month, the numbers prove nothing has changed. In fact, food and housing prices are still going higher. Meanwhile, Biden is still finding ways to print more dollars. Hi, this is Stephen K. Bannon, and I urge you to take action to protect your savings from inflation. How? By diversifying your current retirement funds into a physical gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. To see how it works, simply text the word PROTECT to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on gold IRAs. This 20-page guide will answer all your questions about using gold in your retirement account. This is the best way to stop your purchasing power from being stolen by Democrats like Joe Biden. So text PROTECT to the number 989898. That's PROTECT to 989898 to get your free info kit on gold. There's no obligation or purchase required. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. With Dr. Bob Slotnick. Now, into business, Bob, that's called a good get. That's what that's called at several levels. You got them on air, but also you have them as your keynote speaker at your upcoming event. Remind people, date and all of that. Okay, March 31st. It's a Friday evening. Starts at 6 p.m. Linwood Country Club. It'll end around 10, no later than 10. We got to vacate. We are going to have a band for entertainment purposes. Nice. It's Dr. Phil and the Heart Attacks. Have oh, you heard wow. of them? Uh, sort of, yeah. They are yeah, a local band. They've been playing for decades around here. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we are going to have other speakers besides our, our main uh, guest speaker, Ryan Leaf uh, of NFL fame and, and other. He's an ESPN analyst right mm-hmm. now and for football. Um, we have a couple of other speakers. Uh, Senator Palestina may be on the. Uh, we, we have invited other speakers and um, possibly um, some other local you know, but uh, but re- the main event is uh, really to just bring attention to recovery, bring attention to what we do at Atlantic Prevention Resources, and most notably, of course, treatment. Our and, and, and a fundraiser for the yeah, organization. Absolutely, which is important because we absolutely. can't survive without fundraisers. And historically, we've had one annual fundraiser for the last 14 years, you know, the bocce event. Yep. And now 
we are going to start this second fundraiser. So this is a great way to, to kick it off. If anybody's interested in attending, you may call me. My direct line at the office is 609-318-0820. You will get my voicemail because I'm not there, of course, right now. Leave me a message with your name and phone number or email, and I will get back to you. And um, you can purchase tickets. They're $100 a piece. And we are going to have an event page on our website, atlprev.org. A-T-L-P-R-E-V dot O-R-G. That'll, that'll be up by the end of the day today. The website, um, the, the event page on the website, which you'll be able to register. You'll be able to pay right online. You'll get an email confirmation. That's all you'll need. We're not going to have physical tickets. Yeah, that's It'll great. Be that's on the way, the phone. Yeah, it's the way to do it. Now, people that got a, t- a little taste of your keynote speaker, he just tells it like it is. He, does, he didn't you know, pull any punches. I mean, he t- talked about his home home state, you know, the way he felt about it. Talked so, about the NFL. He wasn't crazy yeah, about the NFL. You're going to get the raw, the real deal. Uh, and I think that anybody, whether they're dealing with addiction or had in the past or everybody knows someone, everybody has a family or, or member. Or somebody who's an NFL a football fan. And then at that level as well. Um, but when you hear somebody like that that's accomplished at that level – that's been to the top, to the bottom, and then rose, you know, like the phoenix uh, mm-hmm. from the ashes. It's, it's a great story. And, and his ashes were pretty... As low as it gets. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, the, you know, rock bottom. County jail. Yeah. So 72 that's, days, I think he said. You did good there. Thank you. Yeah. That was just, uh, that was a fluke. I mean, there's really, I, I called Casey Duffy. Of course, you remember my friend Casey Duffy. He's yep. been on this show. He's been in mm-hmm. studio in Ocean mm-hmm. City when you were there. Yep. And Casey Duffy said, how about Ryan Leaf? And I'm like, Okay, sure. What a great suggestion. I know. It was a great idea. And and today was the day we wanted to announce who the speaker, the main speaker yeah. is going to be. And yesterday at 5 o'clock, I booked him. It's amazing. 5 o'clock p.m. yesterday. Oh, you know, I have a theory. There's no coincidences. There are no coincidences. Everything happens the way it's supposed to. Yeah, yeah. And that's right. And, and, Man and plans, th- th- God this, this is This event, our fundraiser, our March 31st, is anointed. I mean, because this happened. I think we're going to do well. We're going to be successful. And even if we don't raise $100 million, which, of course, we would never raise, but even if we don't raise $100,000, it doesn't matter because we're we're getting his message out there, which is a message of recovery. Yep. And we're promoting Atlantic Prevention Resources yeah. Treatment Program and raise a little money on the side. And, and, that, you've, yeah, and you have uh, achieved, you have attracted a very famous celebrity. So we'll get ha- some media that, attention. Yeah, that has right. a great story. Maybe the press will cover it. They would be crazy yeah, not to. Right. I would imagine they would. I Maybe mean, Harry Hurley will cover it. I am definitely going to write an article about it. I <laughs> well, you've already you. bought a ticket, so yes. you've got several tickets yes. coming. And I'm writing one in advance of it, though. Thank too. you. We yeah. appreciate that. Uh, so there are also corporate sponsorships available, individual and corporate sponsorships at many levels. Uh, they started at just a few hundred dollars. So if you would like to sponsor, please call me again directly. Uh, my direct dial number is 609 609- Three one eight zero eight two zero. And understandably, you're pretty excited about this, aren't you? Um, does it, can you tell? I can tell. I can tell. I'm not bubbling over, but I do feel pretty good about this. Yeah, you should. Uh, and, and, and I got to give all kudos to my treatment team who suggested this and Justin, who is who's leading this up. You've met Justin a couple times. Justin is uh, spearheading this event on in his spare time, which, you know, he doesn't have. No, none of us have spare time. But but this is a labor of love for our treatment staff. And we're really looking forward to it. And thank you for your participation. It's an honor and always an honor to partner with you, Dr. Bob. And I, I say this even in advance of the event. Congratulations. It's a phenomenal get. Uh, it almost, when you have the right guest of honor keynote speaker, it almost 
is insurance. It, it, it guarantees that the event is going to be great. But I, I really believe this. People are going to want to be there that night. Sports fans are going to want to be there. Uh, People in recovery. Yeah, there's yep. no, no doubt about it. It's very, very exciting. A little over two minutes. Let's close it out. What do you want to talk about? Well, um, we are right now in our ninth year of our Joined Together Atlantic County Coalition, funded by the federal government from the Centers of Disease Control. Mm-hmm. We receive $125,000 a year. It's a 10-year program, and, we're al- and it's almost done. Wow. And um, we are looking for another community or communities because our coalition currently serves the entire county. We can't do another coalition that serves the entire county. Join Together Atlanta County essentially will remain, but it will remain more in the background. We need to find a new community or communities that will that needs help that we can operate a coalition. So, for example, let me just throw this out there. One idea that was uh, raised was Pleasantville, Egg Harbor Township, Galloway, and Egg Harbor City. They're all contiguous. Yeah. Another was Summers Point, Linwood. Northfield, Pleasantville, Absecon, yeah. the mainland communities. Yeah, yeah. Another one is EHT, Egg Harbor Township, Galloway, and Hamilton, which is really like the heart of the county. You know, I mean, large population centers, lot of geographic area. So if Gro- there's, they're, if, by definition, growth yeah, districts. If there's anybody listening who has any ideas, if, if your community needs help with an alcohol or drug problem, I mean, really, you know, on a community level, that's what Join Together Atlanta County does. We are going to create a new coalition for a community in Atlanta County to address the community needs. And, it, and, it, and, and Dr. Bob, the reality is this is urban, this is suburban. It is rural. This does not yep. discriminate. I mean, we do services in yes. Hamilton for Joint yes. Desert Atlantic County. Yeah, migrant yeah. workers. Yeah. So really, we don't discriminate. It's not it's not that it's just for Atlantic City, just for Pleasantville. This is for the entire right now, the entire county. We're looking for a, a community or communities that are interested in having services like this that will cost them nothing, essentially for their community members um, and and for the next 10 years, possibly. I want to make a happy prediction. And I don't say this to be kind. I really believe it because I know how hard you work and how hard your team works. Your inaugural guest of honor and keynote speaker is an absolute just uh, that that's just a if I can a mix great, metaphors. It's a slam dunk. It's a slam dunk, which which is another sport. But <laughs> that's spike, why it's a mixed metaphor. You spike, yeah, spike the football. <laughs> oh, right. You okay. spike the football on this one. You did the icky shuffle. I mean, a lot of things we could do on this. Hey, Eagles, Harry, a- Eagles after, album. after your show, do you ever do a dance? That'll do a dance, <laughs> but I'm happy. OK, I'm always happy. But I say this, I really believe we'll be talking about second annual, third annual. I believe this is the beginning this is the inaugural. of something very, very great. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And I, I'm honored to have done the interview when you announced it. That's great. Thanks, Dr. Bob. To be continued, uh, Brian Kilmeade is standing by. We're already published on the, plat- the digital platform of WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Oh, I have such a neat update. It has a holiday sort of angle, but it is current. I have an update uh, that we're going to do by lunchtime. It'll be done. And I look forward to that. Brian is here, and we'll be back in 19 hours and 54 minutes. Until then, have a great rest of your day.